Dude. Jeremy, Andy, welcome. What's up, man? Thanks for thanks for coming aboard. Super excited to be on. Oh, hell yeah. awesome. This is my first time as a guest on a podcast, and I really want to scream good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I think there may be only like 5% of my audience that understands the reference. <laughs> That's then, a, then that should be changed. <laughs> that, that really should be. Yeah, more people I, need to know. I had, um... Do you know it, Jeremy? Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, where this from? From the movie. Uh, I think I think of the same title. Yeah, yeah. The um, Robin Robin Williams. He uh, he made a really big impact on my life uh, when I was young, just because Aladdin came out. I was like, holy cow, this guy can sing and like stretch his voice to, like so many different angles. And then like my parents, as I got older, they were like, like, oh yeah, Robin Williams got some dope movies. So, uh, but it wasn't until I was an adult that I saw Good Morning Vietnam. And like, because I saw he was nominated for an Oscar for it, right. and I was like, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, he's he's a badass actor, but Maury Vietnam was always presented as like, oh, it's a comedy, and then like halfway through that movie, it's dark. yeah, you realize that like it's it ain't really a comedy. <laughs> no, it's not. And the thing about Good Morning Vietnam is it's you know it had an impact on culture. It introduced a lot of people to Robin Williams, but it it also exposed in some ways the negative side of war that we we at that time we tried to hide yeah you know we, well I mean we tried to hide it. I mean hell the hate Asbury scene kind of evolved from the Vietnam War you know that that progressed quite quickly because 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 of the Vietnam War those two those two groups come together you know, and, and if you know what I mean by the hate Asbury group. Yeah, the neighborhood uh, in San Francisco right, counterculture right. movement. Um, right, exactly. So, you know, they you know, they protested the Vietnam War very heavily, but they were also I'm gonna say in tune with certain certain ideologies and help me with these terminologies, but you know, they they didn't believe in the the industrial the modern industrial complex as we see it, you know, the modern war machine. Yeah, the iron machine going that, at it. That's driven, you know, mm-hmm. you know, um, greed and capitalism and, and things like that. A lot of yeah, that involved. I, I, can, I can see that. It was a, almost a romanticization. Like, they romanticized peasant life, yet at the same time, they love their electric rock and roll and they love their <laughs> restaurants and they, you know, they love the drug culture that was coming in at that time thanks to the marvels of science and the fossil fuel industry yeah. making it so <laughs> more people could get off of the farm and go to school and study different things. And that it's, it's kind of this, um, we still see it today where it's, it's mostly with people that the antithesis of their ideology, they turn to a symbol that they can't look past, right? So mm-hmm. either you're right wing or left wing, same same bird, different uh, wings, right. right? So like with the, um, in the in the 1960s, and what ties in with Good Morning Vietnam is that while in this notion of, yeah, it's an awful war, we shouldn't be there, and then like one of the main uh, characters that's supposed to be a good guy ends up murdering mm-hmm. a shitload of people. And that is like not an American. Like it's it's one yeah. of the Vietnamese characters. Yeah. And it's this best way I can sum it up is there was a um, there was a meme I saw a few years ago that was comparing uh, like the Bush administration and the Obama administration, and that both showed it was like a uh, 
one image up top, Bush, next image below, Obama, yeah. right? And the top image showed like a city being destroyed through like fire bombs, right? And it's like the Bush administration. Oh yeah, all, like the Middle Eastern wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then underneath of it, it's it's the same town being firebombed again, but they photoshopped in like confetti and like oh. people <laughs> celebrating and, like in the foreground, so you don't see the bombs in the background. It's, war. it's like the Obama administration. Oh. So I think the um, those two administrations like kind of. Um, they harken back to what was going on with the counterculture during the Haight-Ashbury uh, movement where, yeah, you had all these people that, like, yeah, we should have been protesting Vietnam. You had people that were being forced into war without a choice. So I'm trying not to spin off on too many rabbits at once. You it's know, okay. We spin off so many rabbits on so this you, show. You reminded me <laughs> of an incredible documentary. Um, Laurel, uh, was it Laurel Laurel Canyon. Canyon. Is that is that the name of the documentary? I don't know. It's not a documentary. There's like a book it's, about what goes on in Laurel Canyon, though. Okay, so um, oh hell, what's what's the singer from then? Jim Morrison. No, uh, the other singer from back then that was so great that's still going today. All along the Watchtower. Oh, Jimmy Hendrix. No, no. Bob Dylan. Bob, Bob Dylan. I'm so off. So so well, no, no, Jacob no, no. Dylan, Hendrix did do along the Watchtower. But it was originally remember, a Bob yeah. Dylan. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I've never even heard the original Bob Dylan song, I'll be honest with you. I just know he wrote it originally, so, but that Hendrix cover is just fucking bad. So, <laughs> it depends on what you want to achieve. Now, third rabbit, it depends on what you want to achieve from your music. In mm-hmm. in Okay, so why are you listening to music? Okay, there's many reasons why. Just to, to, to drown things out, or to feel better, or because you're sad and you want to hear something sad. Like for me, I can't listen to EDM if I'm, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, depressed mood. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, but it that doesn't convert me. You know, so um, okay, so Jacob Dylan. That depends on. That's how you know which version of All on the Watch I listen to. Yeah. If you want, if you're hype and you want to be really hyped up and you want to jam. Hendrix, any Hendrix, mm-hmm. if you just want to relate to what the message is, you know, if you want to maybe go to a higher level, and the Bob Dylan, Dylan song. Dylan, yeah. any Dylan. Okay, so uh, about the documentary, Jacob Dylan did the, he was the the, the host of the documentary for Laurel Canyon. It's, uh, and Bob so, Dylan's son, Jacob. Yep, and so much great music came from Laurel Canyon. Uh, the Carpenters, Dylan, you know, went there. Uh, the Beach Boys were somewhere mm-hmm. in and between that. Uh, somebody that I expect at some point we'll talk about the the oh, what's his name, the serial killer from oh, Charles Manson. Charles Manson. I can't believe you know it's like everything I always know. You can't say mm-hmm. when you're in the seat, but uh, so all of the and, you know he was a singer songwriter. I'm not oh, giving yeah. him any kudos. He was, though. but he was there for that reason. He he then became disenfranchised and said, "Fuck y'all." Yeah, and, and well, we know the story, or have watched the movie. But the end of it, they're talking, and and Jacob Dylan is talking with this guy. I'm giving a lot away here. He says, the the guy that Jacob Dylan's talking to, he's like one of the producers and of of all these great music. And he says, and of course, you know, Dylan did it very well. And he goes, "Which one?" He said, "The Dylan." 
Not, you know, all due respect, bruh. Uh, but obviously not you. <laughs> it was a great line. So uh, the other Funny. thing that you're, the, the other rabbit that was coming up while you're talking about, you know, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, as I said that they have, um, they kind of exposed the, the ugly side of war. Mm-hmm. In, in a not and not not that that was the first movie you know platoon that, certainly yeah. did it. Um, that's and my dad, too, my dad served right. in Vietnam, uh, and we watched that. We watched Hamburger Hill together, and and he said platoon was. He didn't like platoon mm-hmm. because it was it, it. He said that's so that's surreal. a lot like what it was like. Yeah, uh, and you know his. Not not to not to jump over to another rabbit right away, but I'll finish my thought was that war movies from the U.S. or well, probably from any country, uh, but war movies tend to be patriotic and paint the the hosting country in in a positive favor. Right. You know, hey man, we really did a good job beating that other country. You know, we, we're not gonna have a war movie. You know, it's not like you know. Who, who would be a good, you know, Germany's war movies aren't about getting their ass kicked in World War II. You know, so they, I don't, they th- I don't to, think they uh, talk about that period of history. No, no they don't. They're uh, and like the whole, I think it's like the European Union in a way doesn't want to acknowledge both that uh, the idea of um, sovereignty for a nation, right? Yeah, and also that essentially they have done what the Nazis and the communists tried to do with Europe, which was consolidate, like, all of it. So I'm going to try not to spin this over to fourth right. But but before we go there, before we go to that, um, were you talking about with, um, you know, American movies, and as far as how they portray the military, um, there's a... I forget the name of the documentary. It's pretty interesting, though. Um, There's... If you want to use any type of military equipment or anything that in your movie that would be under U.S. patent laws that's owned by some branch of armed services in the military, you have to get uh, approval from uh, the Pentagon to be able to do it. And uh, they will oversee the edits. So like with uh, uh, Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down, there's a scene in Black Hawk Down that was factually accurate where, I think it's in Somalia is where it takes place. In uh, Mogadishu, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So there's two buildings across from each other where they were trying to clear out, and they ended up getting in friendly fire, and you started, like, Americans were killing Americans. Really, Scott had this in the film, and the Pentagon was like, hey, check it out. If you leave this in, the theatrical version, we're going to suppress the whole movie because they had, like, everything else had to be up to military specs, and they had the final say-so. That's interesting. But, yeah, so yeah. I would imagine like a movie like Platoon, and uh, there's another one from that era, um, Casualties of War. Yes. It's got Michael J. Fox yes. and Sean Penn, um, and like Sean Penn and three other soldiers, like they kidnap, rape, and murder uh, a you know a woman uh, from Vietnam, and Michael J. Fox is like a witness to it, like the whole thing. Um, I would imagine that those two films in particular, because of them showing soldiers in such a murderous uh, light that they would have had to have been financed by something that had pocketbooks that were kind of comparable to the Pentagon's. Not the same size, but as far as like what the Pentagon was willing to chip in for the movie, 
Like, I would imagine that would have to be the case. And yeah. There's not a lot of studios that will go up against the Pentagon, uh, financially speaking. No. And Jeremy, jump in because I just lost my train of thought because I got a text message. I'm sorry. You were talking about... Um, jump in, Jeremy. I have no clue. Save me, <laughs> save me from the dead. Uh, so, so I'll segue over to a job that I have. Yeah, you were, about, you were about to... Uh, uh, go off into something about like uh, we were talking about the European Union. Oh, that, and I, was like, I was like, before we go there, let well, me. I'll tell the story that I had a coworker. Um, her mother was. If you want that bottle of water, by the way, there's something. Right the, there. So, so his mother, her mother came over from Germany. Her father as well. Grandmother, uh, grandmother never spoke English, and not, and, I, and I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not saying that that's wrong. Right. Um, but mom and dad immigrated um, post World War II. Um, my my coworker at the time, she was not born in Germany, but went back a few times. She could speak fluent German and a uh, great lady. And, you know, we were talking and I was like, you know, something, something in the news came up about Germany and World War II and, and oh, you know, oh, it was right after the Trump election and um, the thing in, in Charlottesville happened. Right? Oh. And, you know, now Nazi became um, a buzzword. You know, everything yeah. is a Nazi this or Nazi, you know. And we use Nazi for like the suit Nazi for a long time, you know. If you, if you, you know, your yeah. wife was the covers Nazi. You know, yeah. now Nazi's not, um, uh, you know, um, is, is it a misnomer for, for, you know, we're, you know, we're using it ambiguously to refer somebody who's taking control of something that you want, you want to share. Well, and, and now, it, was, it was being used in, in a... Um, Heretic manner, exactly right, and now it's just being used as a misnomer. Yes, and, okay. in order to say that, just like anyone who is either some sort of reth, uh, uh, ethnic, racial, or ideological supremacist, they're and they're white, then it's a Nazi. I think, and that's that's like that's not the case. It's like you know the Nazis had supremacist enemies that were white. You know, I mean, like it's. If, if you just use these broad brush terms, especially historically speaking, then it's, it's not going to really solve anything with it. Um, so I, I would just say if you start with an umbrella term as as assholes or douchebags as far as <laughs> the folks with the torches, yeah. and then you start breaking down like, okay, so what kind of douchebags are these? Right. Uh, and yeah, I then think you that would can be, kind of see I think that would be more fair than to, than to paint a person or a group of people as Nazi, and I'm not, I'm not defending anybody. I'm just making a statement here, okay? Oh no, fuck the Nazis as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. But the you know, term Nazi what? just has a really high negative connotation. So like just calling somebody a Nazi. Just well, makes being a Nazi, you were well, well, it's, it's, it's a like an ele- it's an elementary insult to give somebody. You know what I mean? It's like somebody like you saying that. Uh, <laughs> you don't believe in uh, the modern vaccination market and then being like, oh, you're a racist. It's like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's an easy way to just discredit somebody. So it, it's a tool for ideologues they'll use to discredit someone and they don't have to um, use logic against your argument. They don't have to look at your character or your ideas. They just say like, well, you're a deplorable. So well, it's an ad hominem attack. Yeah, it is yeah, an ad hominem uh, You know, they attack. say, oh, you're a Nazi... Then, if you know what an ad hominem is, you don't have to then uh, um, discredit my argument or the point that I've made. You just discredit me. Yeah. And that's what we're doing 
in society right now. That's what we did with Bush. We did it with Obama. Depending on which news channel you watch, we're doing it with Trump. Yeah. We're just attacking the people. Instead of what they're doing. Uh, instead of, you know, something very specific. Because I was thinking about this, you know, we're, we've been talking about doing this podcast for a while. Or, com- you know, uh, having us on, on your podcast. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, what things do I want to bring up? And I've got like a list, you know. <laughs> In this at some thing, point, we got to talk about Bigfoot. I've already, as, uh, I've already covered and, that. And clue. Oh, let me let me finish saying what about, about my coworker. She said oh, yeah. that in Germany, it's it's taboo. You don't go up to Germany and say, "Hey, hey, where did y'all you know where did y'all kill Jews? You know, hey, hey, where was the building that y'all did this or that?" Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. They're very embarrassed. You got to understand some things that she said to me. And, and I'm again, I'm, I'm making a blanket statement for a group of people that I do not represent, and that is this. I, and I'll say the same thing about the Confederate soldiers because a lot is being said about Confederate Army, Confederate soldiers, the Confederate flag, and things like that. I'll tell you a story that a, that a museum curator slash historian told me from Thomas County and probably the same over here because y'all are fucking a horse ride away at that era. Uh, <laughs> Troops come marching by, in your gun-toting age, you got pulled into it. Yeah. Yeah. You left mama on the porch pregnant with the baby, and if you didn't come along, the sheriff, the, and it's not the term wasn't sheriff, but a guy was... A marshal. A marshal, yeah, was, was given the task of raping and killing your wife and taking your farm because you chose not to fight in the Confederate Army, and I'm pretty sure the same for the Union Army as well. Yeah. These weren't people who had ideologies about anything other than I hope the fuck it rains and the crop comes in and the cow produces milk and mama produces milk mm-hmm. so we don't get, <laughs> we don't lose what little bit of shit we have. Yeah. Well, the the oligarchs in the South at that time, like they they were the ones that chose to secede. It wasn't the populace that was There's living here. Yeah. The populace that was living here they they weren't like owners of people. They didn't have slaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of the millions of people that died mm-hmm. on either side of the Mason Dixon line, had no s- specific ideology about the war itself. They were fighting because they were conscripted Old into people. the war. Mm-hmm. If they didn't fight, they were shot in the back as a deserter. Yeah. So what? You know. So why do I have pride? If, if and I'm talking about if I'm a Confederate soldier in 1865 and I get to come home and I've got one leg but I survived why do I have pride for what I did because I stood beside the guy that lives in the hut next to me and we fought bravely and we came home and we survived holy hell that we didn't create right okay me speaking as the Confederate soldier at the time only a few hundred people on either side created this war right I think the um, I think there's a problem with that sentiment, though I, I do agree with you somewhat on it. But I think that whenever we apply that in the modern scope, because of how everything now has to be polarized, right? One side or the other. Yeah. So if you that there's there's no whenever there's no nuance, we can't get to that idea. So. The whenever I look at the modern scope of it, and it's usually symbolized as how it was uh, symbolized historically, that's a flag, right? The Confederate yeah. flag. I find the flag itself, the Confederate flag, to be absolutely disgusting. I think that the reason why it was formed was not only about the ideology of people as property, 
but it represents the destruction of American values and American ideology, which was, you know, it's a mask from all of these other societies where it's like, hey, we want to keep people free, we want to keep the church out of the courthouse, and we want to keep the courthouse out of the church. And like, we want everybody to be able to have a gun because the mob will come eventually. And the mob may even take over the town, and we want you to be able to defend yourself. So, like, yes. these sort of ideals, like, I hold a lot of, like, like, personal faith in. And then the idea of the Confederacy is none of that is really important until we're able to understand that we have the right to own people as property first, and then we can decide that. And that's, like, where the priority lies with it. And if you look at the idea of like why the flag was formed like symbolically uh, symbolically the confederate flag it was for that ideology of people as property so while yes the infantry for the most part of the confederacy had no fucking choice in the matter the historical context of it is that these oligarchs that created this problem and decided to secede and decide that war was enough for mm -hmm. them they stayed in power after all the like infantrymen were slaughtered, so they kept going. So I think the when we look at like some of these monuments and stuff being torn down, personally speaking, um, I think it's it's kind of disgusting because a lot of these monuments were put in during the Jim Crow era to enshrine the Confederacy and slave owners in a positive light. It was not done in a manner of let us not forget history. It was done in let us remember these uh, heroes. So I think that as far as removing them, I still think it should go through the city. I think that the people should, oh, should. vote on it. Um, because now you have, like, they're tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, well, that's fucking that's, disgusting. That's, yeah, and that's not, that, you know, which group is doing that and why. And, and again, I think it's... it's provocateurs. Right. That's, that's, it, that's it all is. it is. You're absolutely right. Uh, so the Georgia flag. Mm -hmm. you, you you probably remember the changing of the Georgia flag. I remember it used to have the yeah, it had the stars and bars stars, and, the, yeah. and the Georgia seal. Mm -hmm. Okay, big deal about changing it. That's not my flag and all that kind of stuff. Okay, my problem with it is this. So I looked at it. Okay, the Georgia flag was whatever it was, and then in, I think in eighteen in nineteen fifty four, because of well, because the the Georgia. House, Senate, the governor, whomever, was against desegregation, they changed the flag. Now, if you, and this is my opinion, okay, I'm going to say something somewhat, we actually talked about not, not doing this, now I'm going to do it, and it's my opinion. Uh, if we change the flag to, to that symbol in protest of desegregation, I'm glad we changed the flag in, what was it, 2000? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that then was a symbol of something that I, I wouldn't want to stand behind. I wouldn't want my state to support Se segregation of peoples, right? Based yeah. On, yeah, yeah, based on race. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I or totally, based on anything really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree I mean, with that. The problem I find that like in in the South, I feel because like I've lived outside the South, and the and we talked about this. Don't say life. you lived in Florida. Um, I lived in Orlando for like a year, not very long, because that's not the South. I, I, I beg to differ. North Florida is totally like Southern culture. Like Orlando, I, I, I think Orlando is the hub Lake that City. represents all of 
um, any type of culture you can find in Florida you can is find in you can totally find in Orlando. <laughs> like it's it has everything from the uh, Caribbean uh, culture of Southern Florida and the tropical culture, all the way uh, from like North Florida, like yeah, like Lake City. Lake City is like a um, it's. It all it still looks like it's a cowboy town. Listen like, to I me. Can, Listen, I, can... I went to Lake City when I was 16 years old, and I drive up, and, and I'm in Florida, okay? I'm in Florida, and there's trucks bigger than my truck, and there's a dude in a cowboy hat, and there's a motherfucker on a horse, and I said, what? In, Flo- in Florida? Sorry if I can't say motherfucker, but... Oh, you can say whatever uh, you want. But it, I, was, I was shocked. It was that was a culture shock to me, as if you know, if I had gone to, uh, say, say an area of Tampa and it's primarily Hispanic, yeah. that would have not been a shock to me. Finding cowboys uh, in Lake in, City is totally a cowboy town. Yeah, yeah in I the was in like Chiefland or something, some little, mm-hmm. you know, dude. We listen more country music. More Bud Budweiser. I don't think Bud Light existed yet. I, I think remember. Bud Light founded the town. Actually, yeah, yeah had to. And we were playing pool, and, and it was an impossible shot. And the guy was like, "Oh no, no, no! Hit my finger!" And I was like, "I didn't know what that meant." But he was telling me that's where the cue ball needed to hit on the table. He was gonna move his finger. Like I said, I was 16 years old. I wasn't drinking beer, and I wasn't in a bar. And every and the bartender did everything legally that day. Um, <laughs> Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, when I was 16 years old, I did not look 21. Okay, my one of my best buddies when he was 19, he had a he had a beard like you, you know, in in three days. Like what? However, that I could grow me. this until I was like 31. Yeah, he could grow that at 19. <laughs> just like like yesterday, he looked like me, and tomorrow he would look like you. And he would just walk in and buy beer, and nobody would freaking card him. <laughs> and it was like, if you can grow that beard, you just, you can drink beer. And um, it was, uh, you know, it, okay, we've gone, we've left all the other topics we've now come to. That was one great damn trip that I took down there to Chiefland freaking Florida in 1988-89. I went to a damn shithole beach. Uh, if you're, if you're going to put a boat in the water... Or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you know, go go scalloping or something like that. Whatever that that beach was, I don't remember now. Uh, Horseshoe Beach. Horseshoe. Yeah. If if you're gonna go down there for the for the process of angling, that is the place to go. But if you're gonna sunbathe, you know, do some backstrokes yes. and, and and chase tail, you, you're you're about sixty miles too far. Either direction, you, you need a you need a half a tank of gas, and you'll be better off. But that was probably one of uh, one of the best little trips I ever took, man. Florida's pretty wild, um, just because it's got it's got so many different big cities that have like the, their own culture of their own, and yet in between you have like like Lake City, like even the buildings in Lake City, they're like short stacked, yeah. like they would have been in the 19th century. Well, we were just there, weren't we? Yes. Um, yeah, we were just down in Lake City. That was my first time ever being there. Oh, really? In, in Lake City proper, you know, not not other than the interstate. Yeah, yeah. But and, yeah, the actual like city limits of Lake City. And I don't know if we. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah, Drove yeah. By, I remember and then what everything was like leveled down. Like it almost it looked like Quitman kind of style of buildings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like how they were older. Oh, dude, there was this um, there's this town in uh, Jersey I lived in called Woodstown that has America's first rodeo in it. 
And like it's um, in New Jersey. In New Jersey, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Like New Jersey, New Jersey, America's first uh, rodeo. It's called Cowtown. Uh, it's only open uh, like May through October, because you know, like nobody you, wants to go out. Well, like in 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 Jersey, it's uh, South Jersey, anyways. You you get you get four seasons like appropriately. You've so, got like, four freaking cultures or more in Jersey. You just said South Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's completely different. I, I'm sorry to hijack your story. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, the because um, I was thinking the, Sopranos when you talk about the rodeo. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of Tony Soprano sure, and on a bull. <laughs> when you get around like uh, Central Jersey, you've got like uh, Trenton and uh-huh. you know uh, you know Camden and Philly. Been there, yeah, like, right there. Yeah. So Camden and Philly are they're, they're on the uh, the southern end because you know Jersey's kind of shaped like a boomerang. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know so. That's kind of how you judge. Trenton is sort of like right in the middle. But uh, yeah, North Jersey is like, it's like New York just kept spilling over. Like, <laughs> it just kept spilling over. And then you get to the woods, though. Yeah, yeah. And the, like the, the pines. Up, the, yeah, the upper, upper part. I think Poconos, they call it. It's like mm-hmm. the upper part of the Appalachians. What are those pines called? I have no idea. It, um, yeah, yeah, Jeremy's going to be like uh, like our Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Young Jamie. Shirt's sure pretty fucking wild. Is that Taco Bell yes. shirt? I was not yes. fucking surprised when he came, came walking in. The only thing, okay, so Jeremy, so, okay, I was a radio DJ. I could see that. 210 years ago uh, when I was in my early teens. No, I was That's like, right when Marconi invented the radio. Yeah. So, no, Jeremy's got on a purple, literally there's Taco, it's a Taco Bell shirt. It says Taco Bell on it. <laughs> so it's like a silk shirt and he's got on the, uh, um, platter or pastel yeah hat. but it's like a North Dakota like all he needs are the ear flaps and I'm thinking of the fucking dude from American Pie is in this movie and that's the hat he wore mm. with the ear flaps down yeah, yeah. like it's like the little snow cap kinda. yeah there, that hat has a name <laughs> uh, extra points if you can figure out the name of that hat there but was, the pines it's uh, Pine Barrens is yeah, what I'm trying Pine to think yeah. yeah yeah so now, let me skip from that for a moment to the UP, the Upper Peninsula. Of uh, Jersey? Of Michigan. Okay. Oh, there the some, Yuppers. There is some incredible deer hunting in New Jersey. And I it's had really met. tough to get a gun in New Jersey. You have to petition the government. If you're a resident, you have to petition the government why you need a firearm. Is that for a handgun or is it also, also for a rifle? Yeah. Because I know that that in Jersey, and I'm going to be you know somewhat sarcastic here, they can they can judge dread you on yeah. the side of the road if you have a handgun in your car. You know it should be disassembled and unscrewed in 12 boxes encased in cement mm-hmm. if you drive through the damn state. And you know I'm reading some articles, and I'm not ready to present my findings yet. But I'm curious why the hell New Jersey is like they are, and I think it's mob related. I, I, I would say so as well. This is, um, a, you know, it's not... Okay, because let, let me just say this right here about Georgia. And Georgia had a had a, a, a racist... I'm going to say it was racist, and it probably was, is a public gathering law that thankfully in mid... To, well, are we in the mid-2000s now? But, you know, early 2000s, mm-hmm. we got it. The state, you know, we... part of I was, I was part of some people who petitioned the government... And you know, asked our senators, the state senators, to to get involved and change the public gathering law because it was enacted to prevent blacks from gathering in a large crowd with guns because of something that happened in Camilla. Right. Uh, because you know, in 
you know, during that era, groups would get together and fight each other. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what happened. And this was a this was a way to prevent, um, you know, to control the mob. Yeah. And not the mob, not La Costa Nostra. No, no, just a mob, a mob of, of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually, you know, that that was on the books for a long time. Never intended to be. Um, um, you know, arrest a white guy for doing it. Right. You know, if we went to the fair and we had our pistola with us, they weren't going to accost us. Now, later, it became, it wasn't until, I hate to say it, it wasn't until white people started being arrested at public gatherings for having a firearm did we did we do the right thing and say, look, this is bullshit law. And I think anything on the books for, there's a, there's a word here I want to use, um, Impediment, anything that you know, if, if there's a law out there that's put in practice that prevented a group, it's, it's almost like our impedes, yeah, so impedes right. like our, you know, our American Disabilities Act, things like that. You know, we have some things in place that give protections to people. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if there's something that denies you a right because of your race. We we should be focusing on getting that shit off the damn books. And I, I don't know what I, I completely I don't know agree. what we're doing in Congress right now. I don't know what <laughs> asshole shit they do from from day in day out. And I, said, I the state and federal level. I think they're trying to find new ways. For the most, I'd say two thirds, trying to find more ways to scream "Orange Man Bad" whilst at the same time signing any piece of military budget. That he wants in the law. What did I just read? And was it in Michigan where the guy said, um, "No, was it in Mississippi?" I've, anyway, the guy, uh, one of the senators, passed legislation, and he said he passed it to prove that they don't even read the laws; they'll just oh, vote. Oh yeah, they just vote. And it and it was, um, you know, I forget, but but by gosh, I just read it today. I wish I could remember. I probably. What was the context of the uh, of the legislation, though? I don't remember. It was some bull. It was bullshit. You know, <laughs> we have the we have the right to come in and decapitate your firstborn. It was <laughs> it was easy yeah. old gods. So, uh, but yeah, you know, to go back to talking about the Pine Barrens and the Upper Peninsula, I've been reading uh, some pretty interesting books. Uh, you know, fiction books, um, different of different um, caliber. Some some not so great. And, and well, I've been trying to read some authors that are. Um, not as popular, mm-hmm. you know. They're not mainstream, like Stuart Woods or, or or John Sanford. You know, I primarily read John Sanford or Kim Follett. I don't know if you've ever read anything by Kim Follett. I hardly read any fiction. Uh, most of the stuff, the information I do take in, just because how my brain processes and works better with uh, uh, auditory information. So mm-hmm. normally, like books on tape or like podcasts, podcasts yeah, lectures, things like that. I can really soak up that information a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, you know, just because uh, since I uh, work from home on a computer, I can listen to like a you know podcast or an audio book and still work. Yeah. And because I can't, I can't give my visual attention to anything else other than work. I've been listening to True Crime Garage. I, I try not to listen to like some of that stuff because it makes. I think it, it'll make me even more depressed than I already am being like into conspiracies and then adding like like true crime. The fact and, that you can get murdered at any point by any person, yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah, yeah. Dude. You can, yeah, you, you know, uh, these the guys with True Crime Garage they do a good job, and and I'm not plugging them. I just you know I'm bringing it up because it's not visual; mm-hmm. it's all audio. Whereas like you know we all listen to Rogan, 
uh, or in, 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 in Tim Pool. I gotta watch that. You know, I want to watch. I want to see the facial expressions. You know, when they're talking, because mm-hmm. now, and, and you know what? Um, who was the guy with the rocket car that worked Area Fifty One? Uh, oh, Lazar. Lazar, Bob Lazar. They did a thing, and they do it with every damn body. But they did a thing like, uh, hey, based on his uh, body language, is he telling the truth? Mm. And of course, he passed with flying colors, right? You know? Because he's trained, you know, he's yeah, studied he's, for decades. You know, that's the only way he could do that. That's the only way he can pass lie detectors and and body language oh, yeah, experts. Not, not so, the fact that they're you know, it's, it's, you know, but it's but think about it. It's whilst he's also supposed to be learning about all this other uh, technology and whatnot as well. So not only does yeah. he have to really learn the material, but it's like okay. Now we need you to win an Oscar with how you present. <laughs> yeah, that you know what you're yeah. talking about. So here, okay, uh, I, I think close the, to Bigfoot. Mm. When I say this here, I don't know if Bob Lazar saw a fucking spaceship from another country or from another. I said country. I was gonna say from another planet, from another country, mm-hmm. or from a, or from another competitor. Okay. Was he looking at technology built by McDonnell Douglas, and and he was a contractor for you know, Boeing? Right. Okay. Is he looking at their plane and they've come up with some shit and they're like, whoa, this is we can't, you know. Yeah, I would. So, I would imagine because it would have to be something know, with column A and column B as far as the top levels of the government would have to reach out to the private sector, right? Because if you allow the private sector to do things that you're not allowed to do as a government, or you have government restrictions, you can just give them a contract, and then they're not under that same uh, sort of uh, uh, legalese uh, 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 restrictions that the government would be on. So I, I, I could totally say like uh, uh, Boeing and some of the other like literally giants that we have in the corporate world having some sort of vehicular uh, t- like 22nd century sort of mindset where there may already be at, but they can't release the intel yet. Mm-hmm. And they they give it to somebody like Bob Lazar because of his know-how to, be, to look at one aspect of it and be like, tell us what you can figure out about this. So like I, I, I can see the plausibility of both that um, as far as the was it, UAP is what UFOs mm-hmm. are called now. But um, I, I think that um, to, unidentified to, aerial plane phenomenon. Phenomenon. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, the uh, I think the, the problem we have, or a problem that we have with looking at this um, UAP phenomenon, the CIA and government. Uh, I think the Pentagon saying that like like oh yeah these declassified they're legit. Is they're trying to say people infer then that um, it's alien technology. Oh, yeah. It's alien technology as far as we don't know anything about it, but that doesn't mean greys, you know what I mean? Like from another planet coming here. And I think that because the general public will associate like aliens from another galaxy or planet with, UFO. with a UFO or, or UAP, UAP yeah. that they'll be able to mm-hmm. run PSYOPs later on involving that to uh, deceive people in the 21st century. So I'm thinking, you know, the government probably would prefer its sheep 
to look at the sky and say, "Oh God, it's a alien thing in the sky," mm-hmm. and because we didn't look at it and go, "Oh, it's a UFO." I think it was the media, or, or maybe a, a military, maybe it was an Air Force guy, you know, in the, I don't remember, in the 30s, said it's an unidentified flying object, and that's where we got UFO from. It, it was coined from somebody. I think it was in, uh, it may have been in 1952, which would have been after Roswell, but it was whenever in D.C. that, like, those, um, that weird, it looks like... Uh, the all-seeing eye pyramid head, but then it like the stars will like rotate in and, and up that themselves. is not. I know what you're talking about. The DC phenomenon. There's a yeah, there's, there's like, like two nights. Like yeah, it happened. Yeah, and I've I come across that recently, so I'm not you know up to date on it. Uh, you know, up to speed on 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 it. But it, you know, I come across that recently, and it's not. That's not out there. That's not you know. If you sit down and you look at your your. Your your list of UFO sightings that mm-hmm. one's not on the list. What do you think that is? You think it's like because it's a fraud or because they don't want people to associate DC with they, they with probably it. don't want us to. Okay, well I would say okay, so it depends on where we're going with this, but I would say there's three things. One, we wouldn't want to think that our nation's capital capital is susceptible to alien ships mm-hmm. you know that's that's the place we don't want them you know that's our governing body right okay we want them out out in a cornfield next to a john deere tractor <laughs> uh, crop circles yeah um, <laughs> or or what it was was something that it wasn't you know it's always a ufo because unless i can tell you that's a you know a, a seven a boeing 737 you know, mm-hmm. that's a Lockheed or that's a, you know, that's an F-14 Hornet or whatever. It's unidentified. Right. So it's still mm-hmm. a UFO. It's unidentified to me until you put a, to you tell me what it is and, and prove it. So it's, a, it's always a UFO. Whose UFO was it? Mm. Probably in a lot of situations, this is what I think. And I'm thinking about the, the, the five lights or the seven lights over the Superstition Mountains in the, in the 90s. The, the ones over. Yeah, the, the triangle. Yeah. I'm thinking that that I'm thinking that was there, and the government is very okay with us saying, "Oh," and I'm thinking I'm I'm the little minion-looking characters in Toy Story, <laughs> the claw. You know, it's a it's it's crazy UFO, and you need to admit it when it's really some stealth technology that they're kind of tenderly exposing to us. Mm, I could see that. Okay, there's also the. Um I think it's probably wetting our appetite for a big our, like, our, yeah there's a I think it's called project blue beam um, I know it's blue book but uh, I think it's also project blue beam um, I wish you had said blue brim <laughs> anyway go ahead the um, if I'm not mistaken what it is they're using projection like light projection and they'll Using, I guess, essentially our, our atmosphere as uh, a reflective surface, which will then they'll bounce back down to uh, the lowest atmosphere, is it the troposphere, maybe the lowest part of it. I'm not sure, um, but it uh, they'll use it to project images. So like, there's, I think the Chinese government is pretty into it already. Where you'll see stuff in cities where there'll be like giant people in the clouds, or there'll be like a city. Uh, in the clouds, like floating, like some uh, fucking uh, Bioshock Infinite oh, yeah. shit, where it's like a city floating in the clouds. Um, 
Yeah. So just like let me let me let me tell you this right here. I'm just gonna shock the shit out of you guys with this statement. <laughs> the International Space Station had been in orbit a long fucking time. And then one day it was on the news about the International Space Station. I was like, when the fuck did that get there? Well, I didn't know it was there. They said they built it in space. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I don't keep up with that. I'm not part of the space race, and it's, it never fascinated me. And it's not on the news, you know, because we our news is shit now. You would think, I don't know, some greatness, you know, a new leap in technology, whatever. I think since 9-11, our news has gradually just been in declination and, and degradation. And yeah, it's journalism not, is... It's dead. That's why, yeah. like, at the end of the day, I watch Tim Pool. To see, like, like, okay, what's uh, what's he talking about? I've I've used Instagram a lot because the world has ended. Tim Pool's four o'clock did not post. <laughs> we are now under attack. I like Tim Pool because he does a lot of research with his articles, and he he'll use any like news source. If he makes a mistake, the next day he issues his retraction on it, like. Like, I like that. He's got his own biases. That's fine. Um, and you know what? He doesn't do it. And Well, I don't know Tim Pool. He could, but I doubt it. I would be surprised to ever find out that he does this and the New York Times invented this shit. And that is, run it. If they say something, we'll run a retraction. Whatever the fuck it is, it comes out. Mm-hmm. If it never comes back on them, they never run a retraction. They don't know if what they posted was right or not. Yeah. And I've, and this is uh, this is from stuff... Long ago. Seems like that's a pretty common news thing, though. Like, most new media outlets just... Get a little closer to that, Mike? Uh, most, most news outlets are just wanting to get the story out there, regardless if it's factual or They right. want to be first. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's like with the, uh, the Covington first report, kids. First, uh, first to get the views. The Covington kids. Yeah, like the Covington kids. Like, it, it uh, came out on Twitter first. And then, like, all the news stories ran this brief little clip where it looked like that... It was these high school kids, this white boy wearing a MAGA hat that looked like he was getting in the face of this Native American man and smirking. When in actuality, what it was is these kids were waiting for like their bus to come after like doing a sightseeing tour of D.C. And they got harassed by a group of uh, uh, black Israelites that were out there protesting in D.C. And then this man uh, with a, a, a drum... Uh, came up and started uh, beating the drum in the kid's face, and the like. The news stories, like they had, you had celebrities doxing these kids, like like giving away their address and telling people to go and beat these kids up. It's like what the fuck, man! Like, and nothing was verified. No vetting was done of the of where it came from. They just took something on Twitter and then just blasted it out to millions of people. And I don't think they have ran anything since then about talk i know other news stations have like talk about i think cnn got sued mm-hmm. by one of the uh, kids families or something but nah man like i, I fucking hate the news dude as far as uh telejournalism like yeah it, it's it's just it's reality television set in a newsroom i don't need my news first i need my news accurate Bingo. And not about the same fucking topic, okay? Yeah. I get, <laughs> I get CNN does not like Trump. I get Fox does not like anybody that is not the incumbent Republican. Uh, so, 
I, I don't listen to either. Okay, I don't. I don't listen to any of those for a long time. I listened to Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Okay, then Bloomberg turned to shit when Trump was elected. What is the correlation there? I'm getting Bloomberg is business news. You know, oh, the stock market is up. It went from the stock market is up on on let's say, you know, November fourth, and then on November fifth, Trump is bad. What's you know what's corn doing this week? You know how's what how how how's pork futures? You saw, know is I gas saw... going to be affordable? <laughs> you know this that's why I'm on Bloomberg. You're not giving me why I'm here. I'm changing the channel. I saw something on Bloomberg after the uh, 2016 election that was some guy on there talking about um, that we need to influence companies like YouTube, Alphabet, Google to not allow dangerous information such as flat earth or 9-11 conspiracies to be available to the public. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I understand flat earth is controversial, mm-hmm. but 9/11. why the 9-11 conspiracies? And why, again, why is this on Bloomberg TV? Like... Businesses are wanting yeah. it. Well, uh, so do you know who owns Bloomberg is it Mike Bloomberg? Yeah, that's how he got his millions. Yeah. Um, so, um, mystery solved. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, about that Bigfoot, I, I want to say something. I want to kind of shift over here because while you and Jeremy were doing the sound check, um, I was looking at your your movie catalog over here, and you've got some pretty good titles. Um, Apollo thirteen, really good. Yeah. No. Clue. Clue. Clue is an underrated classic, man. Man, I watched that. See, I, I always go back to yeah, things that I watched when I was... Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got uh, Tim Curry yeah. plays the butler. Uh, was that uh, pre or post um, um, the thing on theater that he did, Rocky Horror? Uh, it would have been post Rocky yeah, Horror. Yeah, okay. Um, Christopher Lloyd plays Professor Plum. Madeline yeah. Kahn plays Mrs. White. Uh, man, there's some really good. Michael McKean yeah. plays Mr. Green. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, the cop is um, uh, I can't say his name. Uh, that's a disservice to him because he's been he's a great character actor. You know, he has he's had a long career. <laughs> and why would you lock me in here? Yeah, that <laughs> great great movie. In and fact, why are you receiving calls from J. Edgar Hoover? So I have a a thing that I like to do. I like to ask this question, and I, I hope I haven't asked you guys this. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because I don't see how Clue and Bigfoot are tied in yet. Well, we hadn't got to Bigfoot yet. <laughs> I don't have a clue on how it associates. Ah. Bill, Hender- Bill Henderson played the cop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else was he in? Um. um well. Because he like his voice is he's got like a sitcom dad voice. You know what I mean? Like they've got like a certain timber and tone. With well, like he played how they a deliver. very you know he he played. He looks like he could have been if if. If in the same Clue universe, because it takes place in 1955, it looks like that the cop in Clue could have been Carl Winslow's dad. And that's why Carl Winslow became a cop in Family Matters, is because, spoiler alert, his dad was murdered after checking in on a house party. I'm just saying. That's crazy. So The guy who played uh, Carl Winslow, man, that's... He's a good actor. So he's in Fletch. Yeah, he's in he's in Fletch, Trippin', Smiling Fish and Goat on Fire. He's in City Slickers, and that's probably where I'm. That's where I know him from. City Slickers. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, because he was clean shaven. Yeah, Fletch was a good series. A good, you know, because there were three of those. I think I never watched it. Really, yeah. um, you know, I soured on Chevy Chase, but I don't want to jump over to that. I want to ask the question: <laughs> If we, and, and I don't want to remake Clue yet, okay? Because you won't get it. You won't do it. You won't. You won't get it better. You won't do it as good. You'll fuck it up. Unless you're a different country, okay? Hollywood doesn't have to be the the king of remakes. If Norway made it, how would Norway make it? Mm. Okay? If you're not watching any of this crime drama coming out of Scandinavia as a whole, in fucking Russia, there's some great shit out there. There's a there's a plug-in for Megahertz Choice on Amazon Prime. It's like five ninety nine a month. Uh, if you don't mind reading your TV shows. Outstanding. I got, I got no problem with subtitles, actually. Uh, and I'll tell you what: I, on Netflix, some shows you can listen in English. They, they're dubbing these shows. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. No, I, I want to hear the, how the actor says it. I want her or his inflection in the voice when he when they say certain things. If I have to back it up and and kind of watch the action with it again, so I get the action. I want to, I want the the vocalization because that voice actor isn't going to do as well. A job they do a great job, but not as well. Additionally, the mouth syncing just doesn't line up, yeah. and that also disturbs. It, me yeah, though. it depends well, on. Well, they'll change the like further idiomatically, English. like what the line is in in English yeah. in order for the lip sync. So they like film two takes, like for like an English take. No, one. no. Well, mm. they do that. They do that in Welsh. In some Welsh shows, they'll the, um, uh, hinterland. Yeah, outstanding fucking series uh, filmed in English and Welsh, but. But uh, uh, the uh, what they do is a uh, automated like, dialogue replacement. It's called yeah. ADR. So even in any uh, almost any film you watch, uh, the actors go back in. They re-record their lines, right? So that they they have to re-record their dialogue. So that way they can control the audio of just the dialogue, and that way you don't have background noise. Sometimes you'll hear it if you watch movies. There's one with uh, anger management. I think it's Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. There's a scene where they're talking to each other across a, like a car, right? Yeah. And it's like one angle, then jump cut to another angle. And you can hear the background change, right? So the re- you can hear like from where it goes to this angle, and then it's a different sound like in the, the next shot. What that is is because probably Jack Nicholson had something in his writer contract that said, I don't do ADR. <laughs> Like, you get me as I'm acting. He's like, I'm not going to come back in later and re-record. So that type of power in Hollywood, that even that mentality, has kind of gone by the wayside, like now. But like mm-hmm. 20 years ago, you could still make those like shots. I'll tell you who probably, <laughs> if he wanted such writer in his contract, would get it. Mm. Hanks. Oh, man, don't get me started on Hanks, man. So have you uh, you been uh, seeing any of this Wayfair and... Uh, human trafficking scandal that's been going on? I, I have a feeling we're going to segue and I'm not going to get to ask my question. Oh, well, uh, if you haven't been looking into it, we won't even talk about it. It's not a pleasant conversation. So, your question, though. What was, uh, what was the question? We were talking about uh, um, remakes and Clue. And You're the casting director. I'm the casting director. Okay, to remake Clue. No, okay. we're not going to re... No, that would be a bad idea. Jeremy, they, they are Jeremy's, remaking Clue, though. 
Are they really? Yes, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is going to be this star. Yeah. He, who is he going to play? I have not. The Bosworth. That's why I would imagine. Not sure who, who all is in it yet, but as of February 10th. Uh, he's got year, the comedic I don't know. There is, because there's some things in Clue that are like, they're not PC. Like, particularly Mr. Green's character, because he's a closeted homosexual. And, like, some of the ways that the other characters treat him after they find out that, like, he likes dudes. They should, like, it, it should, they should let fly. Really, send it. Hashtag send it. <laughs> okay? It, we're grown-ups. Well, fuck you, we're grown-ups. Send it. I, look, I think, I think comedy is comedy, and I think people that molest comedy, um, they, yes. they're, uh, they're bad news. I don't agree with them. I'm, I'm of a... You know, I'm a big South Park fan, right? So the whole philosophy of humor with me is if one thing's okay to be made fun of, then everything is. You don't have to find it funny because everything's funny until they're laughing at me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like... Well, it's like the comedian, and I don't care, uh, Carlos Mencia. I think he said... Was it Carlos Mencia that did this? He had a friend who had... Um, you know, he had, you know, muscular dystrophy or spina bifida. He had, you know, something. And so he said, how come you never make fun of me? And, and he's like, well, you know, I didn't want to offend you. He said, I'm offended that you don't make fun of me. Mm-hmm. You yeah. treat me like I'm not normal. Yeah. He yeah. said, I'm as normal as you are. I just have, you know, whatever. whatever. And I, I don't know what, I don't remember the, the story. And so the guy, the comedian, did a bit. And it was hilarious. I mean, you can't help but to laugh at it. Yeah. And he said, and when we got done, he said, look, I just want you to know, I did this bit for my friend who told me I disrespected him by not making fun of him when I made fun of my other friends. Oh, you fell down. Ha ha, that was funny. You skint your knee. Yeah. Well, the other guy, he falls down, which he falls a lot because of his condition. We don't make fun of him because, oh, you have a condition. He said, well, that... I'm not one of the guys. Yeah. You know? So anyway, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, you're the casting director. <laughs> Never seen Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're familiar with the premise. Um, well, and, and Burt I'll, Reynolds and Sally Field, right? Yes. They're in the car? Yes. Yeah. So they're they're trying to get away from the the sheriff. Is that correct? Yeah. And um, what's his face is the snowman. Uh, I don't remember the actor. Oh, but he's shit. the truck driver. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he has the du- yeah. Dog. He's a singer. He's a country singer. Um, I'll think of his name in a second. Or Jeremy can look it up. But um, Dwight Yoakam? No. Uh, way way before Dwight's time. No. Waylon Jennings. No. Uh, Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed. Jerry yep. Reed. He plays Cletus. Yep. He can't he can't speak his lines, but he can sing so well. You know, I think he and passed the, away. Okay, so the cop is. I don't think I should be in charge of the casting director smoking <laughs> in the band if I've never seen it. Yeah. Though. So the uh, uh, I could Jackie do Clue. Gleason. I know Clue. Yeah, Jackie. So Gleason Jackie is Gleason the, is the Buford. is the is the sheriff that's chasing him. And I will, I always ask this question, you know, in in group, you know, we're trying to, you know, what can we talk about? You know, what's a good topic? And you know, it's fair to the group. And and I bring that up, and everybody's in a hurry to tell me who that Matthew McConaughey should play the bandit. I agree with that. It's pretty. Right, that's a pretty. Right, that's, all right. It's a pretty good fit. Okay. I mean, that's pretty. Cowboy good fit. hat, good looking. Even now, when he's he's like seventy two now. Um, <laughs> nobody casts. The sheriff. 
Nobody casts the sheriff. Like, like nobody him the same is what they're saying. No, I mean no. Jackie Gleason's been gone a long time. He couldn't. But like I, I nobody nobody can tell me who can play the sheriff. And I said, well, you know, we can make this real simple, rather than trying to find a one to one fit. And since you guys aren't, you know, this isn't the movie for me to bring up. Um, I always thought Melissa McCarthy. Is the, is the granddaughter. Um, she was in Spy and um, Identity Thief with uh, Justin Bateman. I kind of tapped out of like movies like, uh, probably about like, I mean, I really tapped out. She was on Mike and Molly. I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's like her big. I really feel this realistic. Oh, good. About like, about like 10 years ago or so, I kind of, uh, I may have seen her. About yeah. 10 years ago or so, I sort of like, sort of, getting disinterested in movies and then um about five years ago whenever i started really getting into um conspiracies i came across like like epstein and the human trafficking and oh Pedro did Gates you stuff. watch that um netflix but like from that moment on when i started seeing like how heavily um hollywood was like tied with him um, I really lost interest in that, in movies look it's um, time it's time for the fucking shoot to drop I think it. I think it we, has, man. It's been, it's been teetering on the edge. It's like that one fucking quarter at the fair. That won't, that won't <laughs> yeah, we put the quarter in the top to push the, all the other yeah, quarters. Quarter we oh, put all our fucking dimes in this bitch, waiting. It's that's, time. That's the problem. We got to put our quarters in. Yeah, is Gazelle? What's her name? Gail Galay Maxwell. Galay. Yeah, she. I'm hoping. Oh, that man, she well, she's will not give be able us to the, the, let's 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 unpack let's unpack this. Is then. she still alive? Um, oh, I definitely think she's still alive. So um, so she dead. hasn't caught COVID yet, or you know, two bullets <laughs> in the back of the head. I don't think so. So um, <laughs> well, she doesn't know anything about Hillary. Oh, you're right. Well, here's 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 one thing. So um, what she's being charged with is in relation to 1994 to 1996. Okay, so now she has been a part of this cabal for 30 years, if not more, okay? So whether you like or dislike or in, are indifferent to the current administration, there has been a concerned effort from this administration to dismantle this human trafficking cartel. And yes. in order to do that, you have to, you have to, you have to quit. You have to get past what you want to be true, and you, in order to see what is true, and what is looking like is true, is that a lot of famous and adored people are a part of this cabal, and that this cabal <clears throat> involves not only some of the far-fetched stuff like the uh, what you would call satanic, but it's like the pedophile, like child sacrificing, orgus harvesting stuff. And then you have, yeah, and then you have like intelligence operatives where it's like they're about compromising people in scandalous scenarios so that they can then control a, a message to the public because of their influence in Hollywood. To also then you just have like sick billionaires that just want to like Epstein was the pimp for them. He could find them anything. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I, I thought when, it was all going to come out when. When the two Corys made their statements, Corey Feldman, I have I have no doubt has has some knowledge to share on this. Unfortunately, what it seems to be is that he's uh, what 
I would call a war profiteer. So what he is doing is yeah. not only ensuring his safety and to get the knowledge out, but he's also like, hey, we need to make sure that we're handling this as a business and like make sure that we're doing this right. So we you know, can come so, out there's something sketchy that. about him. That, but that's my thing with him is that like, I think, I, I think probably bad stuff did happen to him. No doubt he witnessed some stuff. Elijah Wood talked about that nothing bad ever happened to him, but there were some really sick people in Hollywood, and that there were friends of his as a child actor that were either a part of it or something bad happened to him. And so what well, Macaulay Culkin said that you know he defended Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's that that's not evidence. Against the crime, because the you know nobody said, you know, you know him not molesting you doesn't because Macaulay Culkin was uncontrollable, uh, uninfluenced by Michael Jackson, whereas these other kids could be. Macaulay Culkin had as much money as well, not maybe he had a lot of money, maybe not as much as Michael Jackson. In in terms of Hollywood, he had his own handlers. Yes. That controlled his influence. Yeah. Michael Jackson had his own handlers as well, but Michael Jackson was also a fucking superstar. But I, I see what you're saying that because of Macaulay Culkin's well, his, his family's he was autonomous from Michael Jackson's influence. Right. Wealth. He well, couldn't wealth be, yeah, 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 yeah. He couldn't be bribed. His parents couldn't be bribed. Not not not, not like, you know, unless unless Michael Jackson really, really, really yeah, wanted yeah, him to yeah. Macaulay, you know. Yeah, a little, a little too deep. <laughs> <laughs> but this um, this stuff with Wayfair. See, so, I'm trying. I'm trying not to light it up on this podcast. I'm trying to keep you on YouTube and and not in not in oh, the FCC. The, so. the YouTube stuff. I'm actually behind on the uploads. Yeah, because, Spotify is what I've noticed. Yeah, spot Spotify, um, Apple. I think. Uh, there's, there's other platforms uh, we'll be on soon. Um, we're going to talk with a couple of other friends uh, after kind of get uh, some more motivation. and or Not motivation. Uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a, a Rolling Stone gather, uh, gathering. Like um, a backlog of people? I, I don't know. Just trying, just trying to get it like a momentum. There we go. That's the oh, word that's I was the, uh, Yeah, that's, that's the word I wanted to use. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, long day. Anyway, so um, before I uh, get video going up and be able to start doing, if necessary, some remote sessions, just because I've got, I've got some friends that are, they're just way too far away, and some of them are uh, military that, mm. uh, like, they want to talk, but they... They can't. Well, yeah, they can't. Like, yeah. So they're, some of them are, uh, in order for them to even leave, like, right now, they have to like quarantine themselves for like two weeks or something like that. Damn. Like, like so like it's fucking nuts. But um anywho, this um this Wayfair stuff. Oh god about, dang man. I thought we were going to Bigfoot. No, Let's no, go. We'll, we'll get to Bigfoot. We'll get we're we we're like one hour in. We got we got you yeah got, you got time? I got time man. My, right. my wife doesn't know where I'm at. No. <laughs> <laughs> no that's <laughs> She's definitely going to listen to this podcast. She knows exactly where I'm at. I'm at 41037 <laughs> South Macklemore Street. In, in, look, in Look for the flamingos. They're, yeah. They're all in the yard. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I'm in the bucket full of shit at the moment. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think, I wonder if we need to do some preamble here before you tell us about uh, Wayfair and, well, and why you would tell us, me and Jeremy, about cause, Wayfair. Because it just happened Friday or yesterday, yesterday Friday. morning. Just happened. So, it's, um, but but why would we talk about it? Because it's related to uh, Epstein. Okay, there you go. That's why I was and, trying. To... And Jelaine and all that. So. And, and 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 me and you and Jeremy, we you know the whole the whole reason that we're here is because we talk about this kind of stuff. Not so much as that we want anybody to go to prison or we want these things to have happened. Mm-hmm. It's because of the conspiracy of Cuz dying. And nothing come out of it. Yeah. And that is my, that is the the thorn in my toe with this whole thing is is I wish he was innocent because that would mean those bad things did not happen. But we know that Epstein was not innocent because this was his second charge, and it's important that that we say he was he was given a sweetheart deal in the nineties. And I don't know this because of the the recent documentary. I know this because I read the damn news when journalists wrote news in the damn 90s in in West Palm Beach. He's given a sweet deal in 2008 and 2009 as well. I I didn't know about 8 and 9. I don't think they... I haven't watched all of the Netflix documentary. They didn't... I don't think they addressed that. that. No. Reason being, just my personal belief... um, the reason I mean Netflix is going to talk about it is because of likely who... Was the president at the time? Well, no. Um, who uh, pays... Who it, um, gives contributions uh, to Netflix? Who like is, are producers on Netflix? Oh, so yeah. who are people that are producers on Netflix? Well, they are people that frequented Epstein Island. Okay. Well, the guy that did the documentary... Um, lived next door or down the road. Yeah, yeah. So um, in, in 2008-2009 he um, was arrested again for solicitation to a minor or something like that and um, he uh, he got off. The guy who was he was in the Trump administration at first for something unrelated and got f- fired for it but it found out that he was the attorney that oh, got this plea bargain deal. Okay, that is in the documentary. Okay. And and what that is is he was the 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 district attorney and he was um he resigned. He wasn't fired, he resigned, which, you know, what does that mean? You know, yeah. Uh you he was know told the Yeah, he, he gave a press conference and said, you know, I'm gonna step away because of the way it looks and you know mm-hmm. the you know but he um he gave a fuck ass deal shit on the FBI uh-huh. but it is believed either that a high-ranking FBI official or and 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 this is the conspiracy now if, you know if you've been on reddit you you know how they can kind of get off um, on the left side over there is um, CIA yeah had some uh, intervention I, I believe because they were again like I was uh, saying before Sorry. at the island I think that some of their honey pot exercises were run there on particular celebrities right and particular celebrities isn't just movie stars like you've got politicians that are celebrities you've got scientists that are celebrities you know like you've got a, a large swath of people like I thought you were going to name a celebrity scientist and I was going to wave at you 
Lawrence Cross. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. You know, that he's a I, celebrity. I, I don't know if he's on the uh, Epstein logs. No, and I don't, no, I'm just naming him. Lawrence uh, Krauss, however, is on yeah, the Epstein so logs. Yeah, so I was only naming Dr. Tyson, you know, because <laughs> course, I know him yeah. to be a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, while he is, yes, a scientist, primarily he is a celebrity with a background in science. You know, that is, uh, I think that we'll never get to the Wayfair if I try to discuss that with you right now. But that is a well, damn good topic at some point for, you know, five we, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, but um, so this Wayfair thing, it, um, somebody... Is this the damn cloak um, um, furniture store Wayfair? It is the furniture store. Okay. Yeah. So somebody Friday uh, night at like 3 a.m. online found uh, cabinets... These cabinets are, they're all priced like, absurdly priced, like $15,000, $10,000 for a, a, um, a cabinet. The cabinet is, um, there's nothing fancy with yeah, the these cabinets, cabinets, right? So, okay. Yeah. Hang on a second. One second. Let me make sure there's no... Volumes coming through. Okay, so these cabinets, right? Yeah. Nothing, nothing special to it. Wait, what's but, the dimensions on that? Because I need that in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look here, okay, so it's got a, a pretty com, uh, peculiar first uh, name to it, Samaya. Yeah. yeah. Right, and then the price of it. Yeah. Twelve thousand eight hundred ninety-nine dollars ninety-nine cents. So you start seeing this over and over again. Right? Yeah. And like, here's another one, Yaritza. And these are names of folks that are missing. These are women and children that are missing. And they're finding them tied in. Not only that, if you do a Yandex or DuckDuckGo search for an SRC with the name and number associated with these cabinets, you come across images that are CP, as in child pornography, yeah. Yeah. or even like related to these victims themselves. Like, th there's something very odd about that. And somebody stumbled across this at 3 a.m. and Instagram just started blowing up because that people were just making videos yeah. and sharing. Okay, so holy, holy shit. not only that, they started finding pillows and other things, like, check this out. So these pillows, that have names on them that are very unique names, and they're tied. Not only that, there was okay. one that came forward that um, it was a girl that somebody at first made a meme of like a girl that was missing, right? And what I think is damage control, because there was a TikTok video this girl put out, was like, oh, y'all are crazy, I ain't missing, I'm right here. Somebody found another girl that was missing that had her unique name as well. So like it seems like that that was put out as damage control. Other damage control with this that was made it debunked and it started getting ma uh, marked as p uh, false by yeah. fact checkers online, right? Yeah. So in particular is is this as why why is marked as partly false? Conclusion partly false. Wayfair said the cabinets were high-priced because they are industrial, not because customers get kidnapped children. Okay? <laughs> get kidnapped children? Get kidnapped children. Now, hang on a second, because there's... 
There's something else with this. The, the uh, CEO of Wayfair, I think he stepped down now, right? Um, he is involved also with a children's charity, a family charity. Yet last June, June 2019, uh, there was a walkout at Wayfair because his workers learned that he made a $200,000 deal to make furniture for this contractor that was supplying furniture for the ICE border uh, stations where they had detention centers. Now, let's, let's just think, where is the most uh, geographically known place in America where human traffickers and child abduction takes place? It's at the southern border and in these detention centers primarily. So why is Wayfair making a deal to provide the furniture with it as well, right? Huh. I think it's really peculiar. Not only that, there's, uh, there's one more thing. Um, there was a statement that they put out. Um, I can find it relatively quickly. Here it is. <clears throat> so Wayfair responds, then contradicts itself on pricing in the same paragraph. Okay? So this is from a Newsweek article. It says, quote, There is, of course, no truth to these claims. The products in question are industrial-grade cabinets that are accurately priced. Recognizing that the photos and descriptions provided by the supplier did not adequately explain the high price point, we have temporarily removed the products from site to rename them and to provide a more in-depth description and photos that accurately depict the product to clarify the price point. However, what they did, there's a guy who made a video on YouTube, they just changed the price on the existing models. Like, so, like, whatever the inventory was that it was pulling from to display it on the website, it was the same stock number that they just upgraded, changed the price and the name to within the span of two hours. They did it across the whole website. So, this was something that, what I imagine... I know long, long fucking tangent to explain what Wayfair is, but Jelaine said she had stuff, and I think that this was a crumb that she released in order to get people to be like, wait a second, what the, what the fuck is this? Because Ellen DeGeneres is tied to the Wayfair. Like, she has pillows that were advertised. She pillows on there. Yeah, so she had some models on there that were advertised as, like, $10,000 pillows. Because the Ellen DeGeneres brand. So that, I mean, they were... They were they're still not ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, like, but like, it was like in this um, same quote unquote scandal. What I'm surprised that has not happened is anonymous hasn't done more. I think anonymous is compromised. I think that if you there's something that came out where anonymous was like recently like like we have the information on Trump with Epstein, like we're about to release it. Okay, one, if that were true, the left would have already fucking used it. They already would have. If it also were true, it makes no sense as to why this would be a giant psyop for Trump administration to set himself up to go down Down, with it as well. Well, everything points to is Trump having relations with Epstein in the 90s. Now, after the 2008, whenever he was given this sweet deal, he did like a year in prison, but he only had to sleep in jail. And it was a minimum security prison. He also got immunity for uh, Maxwell and a few other people. So pretty much all of the web of victims that they had between like these five people 
was just pretty much uh, like, oh, sorry, fuck y'all. These these cats are going free. And then these folks like uh, Bill Gates and the Clintons, they kept going to Epstein Island. See, that this. fucking bothers me, man. That really fucking bothers me. I think it should bother you. Yeah, I think not, it bother I'm not, not Clinton doesn't bother me. I know. Oh, yeah, he, at least, you know, he's sketchy as hell. Yeah. Okay? From Arkansas, you know the the what's the the, the body co- count? The, I, I don't want cocaine. it to be three. I don't want it to be three more. <laughs> but, but whatever. Um, you know, but Bill Gates, goddamn it, he shouldn't have been on that fucking island. Okay, um, that that bothers me. I would like to know some dates and times of when he was there it's in relationship to changes within, <laughs> yeah, within with changes to Microsoft's, you know. You know him stepping down. Oh, I'm gonna go do this. No, he could have just. Yeah, I'm starting to do he, now more scholarship children based charities now. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you know. You know, you know. There, I was. I have. I could tell you guys a story that happened yesterday that's that um, made me disappointed to one degree and proud about a young lady's situational awareness. But it's got nothing to do with this topic. We can segue back over to it if you want, but. Um, it makes me think, you know, if I, you know, I have a young son, he's four and, and I have a, I have an adult son. If either one of them said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, going to, you know, you know, Jim's ranch, you know, Barry, you know, Barry's ranch, you know, whoever. And, you know, he's going to pay my way and, you know, whatever the fuck. I'd be like, I don't know. Dude. I don't know. I don't, about know. That. Yeah. I don't know. Unless you're, if you're not, you know, if you're not digging a ditch and, you know, you know, what are you going to be doing? Yeah. Hanging out, and he's he's gonna he's gonna teach me about the world. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, you, no. I, I tell you what, I'll come with you. <laughs> if he really wants you to be there, my presence isn't gonna. You know what I'm saying? But if he needs you alone, then then he's not gonna want me there because I'm I'm gonna sniff his armpit. You know what I'm saying? Find out what's going There's on. gonna be yeah, and especially if I had a daughter. Uh, I, we're going to have a conversation. So you want my daughter to go with you to your your private ranch and your yeah. private island, and you know she's Mr. Koresh. Pleased to meet your acquaintance. Yeah, I, I would. You know, if if she were wanting to be a model, <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, here's Andy saying things he probably shouldn't say. You know, if your daughter's going to be a model, you know, if you don't know people, look 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 at a model, look at your daughter. <laughs> Look at a model and look at your daughter, okay? And then and then make some decisions from that. What I'm saying is... If, you should if, encourage your child's strengths, not give them false delusions. Exactly. So if, if, this, if your young lady is going to, you know, she's going to go to Manhattan and she's going to be a part of this thing, even if it's a reputable organization that's been around for a long time, that doesn't mean they didn't just hire... I mean, the Rothschilds have been around for a long some, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, some, some, you know, all of these things prey upon, you know, anytime the person is the commodity, they're basically prey. It, it okay. goes back to the I- ideology of people as property, right? right? Yeah, like which, which again, like it, it's, it's an evil ideology, like to yeah, completely unethical. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you can you can photograph me any damn where in the world. I don't have to leave home and come live in your apartment with five other females and you control everything that I do. That's not what we have to do. And that's, in a lot of cases, what what goes on. Um, It's cheaper for you to send a photographer. Hell, you can hire a photographer in Wild Asta. 
Yeah. Okay, they got them in Thomasville. Okay, we got photographers in Thomasville. If we got a photographer in Thomasville, they got a photographer everywhere. That some bitch can photograph my dog. You, you really need the uh, the uh, the air and the light of the Caribbean mist. It really uh, uh, makes a difference on the aperture. Or the grit, or the grit <laughs> of the New York nightlife. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, no, people like that. Like it's um, they're um, what what were they called in the post Civil War, Eric? The carpet baggers mm-hmm. that would uh, more or less come in. That like they. They survived the fallout, you know, oh, just yeah. just by luck of the draw. And we're, we're kind of in that scenario right now in 2020 where it's like, yeesh, like, like there's some bad shit that's brewing. Um, but they would come in and just capitalize on, like, people's um, either emotional or financial low points, you know. And it's really, really easy to do that to kids, in particular adolescents, you know. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeff Epstein, like, they're, they were part of this network that were used to more or less, again, like, suss out and pimp out individuals as they saw fit. And they could also find things for people. Like, supposedly, um, his Zorro Ranch in New Mexico was, like, uh, used as this... I've never seen the show Westworld, but it was used almost like rumor is like that. Really? Where it's like... <coughs> Uh, you could you could go there and it had its own separate cabin where it was like 19th century style. You could live out in this property, but the island was just uh, part of it. You know, he also had uh, his New York um, uh, mansion or whatnot that was given to him by Les Wexner of Victoria's Secret. I don't know if it talks about that in the documentary, but from what I understand, the docu- how the documentary ends, it kind of paints Les Wexner as he was taken advantage of and he was. He was so foolish that he didn't see like how bad Epstein is. But, but thank goodness we got that baddie off the streets, right, gang? Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I'd swear you watched it because uh, well, he, just, I've been I've been in like this kind of stuff about, for like five years, man. I'd like, like to know how this fucker swindled people like he did. If you can fuck people over, so hard. It's my opinion. Uh, if you can do this to people. From a negative perspective, imagine if you'd have used your powers for good versus yeah. evil. Yeah. You could have done so much more. I, I totally agree. Well, you know, his motivation wasn't to get rich. Well, actually, his motivation was to get oh, rich. Went, yeah. And, and rich how he did power. it was... He he was, you know, from what I gather, a... Um, I don't know if uh, you guys watched that Whitney Webb uh, uh, interview on Tim Dillon. I think I sent no. you a link on... Pretty, no, she's I got didn't. she's got two of them now with Tim Dillon. Uh, I'm send, gonna want you, yeah. I wanted you to resend that. Yeah, um, yeah I'll send you uh, both of them. They're definitely worth a watch. Uh, one of them, she uh, it's about Epstein in the '90s, kind of before the. Uh, I think it may have been either before or right when the documentary came out, but she sort of like unpacks it like, oh no, like Donald Trump and particularly his ex-wife Ivanka were like Ivanka was always around like Ghislaine Maxwell. So what and you know the. Trump and Epstein were buds, and then they got into you know crime mob war with each other. And, uh, and, essentially. and, and just because you know proximity doesn't equate knowledge of what they really are doing. No, I, and, I think that using like the argument of like mm-hmm. like look at the photographs, it's like, yeah. well, bro, I they're mean, holding each other like their best buds, kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can you know what's the the cliche a picture's worth a thousand words? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you can you can take those images and you can use them however you want. 
If you really, if it really bothers you though, as again, like I think it should, you should look at the flight logs and look at the dates on the flight logs as far as when they happened and look at what uh, Jeffrey Epstein's record was as far as his arrests and what was public knowledge. And you'll see that there's even an attorney, he represented some of uh, Epstein's victims, that they were suing over allegations, I think, in 2008 or 2009. And in 2011, um, he, um, well, before I go there, in 2016 or 15, he was doing an interview on TV because they had just like settled with Epstein. Epstein mm-hmm. had paid him off, so he was now able to like talk about it. Mm-hmm. And the the attorney was you know talking about how pleased he was that the the victims you know like were you know got to at least one you know for yeah. lack of a better term. But um, he said that in 2011, the only person that would help him to come forward and give testimony was Donald Trump. That was the only person out of this whole billionaire club that was like, oh, you want you want stuff on him? Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you some stuff about him. I don't like this guy. And he talked about how he didn't think anything with what's going on with Epstein, as far as what we now know mm-hmm. about Epstein and tying it with Trump, that it has relevance, that all of their shadiness was back in the nineties, whatever the fuck it was, but as far as the continuation of like business. Kind of cut. Yeah, so I mean so one one could if you're a Trump apologist then you can be like, Well that excuses it then he no harm, no foul. I don't think that's the argument that you should make with it, you know what I mean? Right. Like but as far as like trying to get a a grasp on like, well, what what's what's really the um if it's gonna be two sides, what side are you gonna believe? These are people that continue to do business with with Epstein and Maxwell and this human trafficking cabal. And then you've got a numbskull narcissist who had business with him back in the 90s and whose administration, like, you can go to, uh, there's a database you can go to, it's a Google Docs that compares every human trafficking, pedophile, and child pornographer arrest uh, since going back to uh, the Bush years. Oh, the arrests? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, from just the past... Uh, three and a half years of the Trump administration, there's been more arrests than there has been in the past 24 years, like wow. going all the way back to the Clinton era. So, like, I, like I don't think that's coincidental. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I, I do think that as far as that the QAnon theory, while there, there is some sort of blind religious aspect to it, to where it. you know, where we go one, we go all, like, <laughs> repeat the mantra. But there's there's some truth in what they're talking about. Same way there's truth with some of the uh, you know uh, protesters that are in the street, either mm-hmm. for BLM or uh, open up protests. Like they they have valid arguments that need to be heard. You know, even even though I I, I don't ideologically agree with them at all, the folks that were in the chats, like I think they have legit grievances that need to be heard. I just don't think that they're the people that need to be in charge of how <laughs> society should be ran, as the chats was evident of. Capitol Hill, Arizona. Uh, autonomous zone. Autonomous zone. Um, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, man. That is a shithole. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Uh, uh, friend... Washington as a whole is just becoming a shithole, especially with the way they're handling in Oregon. Handling, yeah, handling yeah. the coronavirus, especially like. Oh my god. They're they're. Um, 
both states have been democratic and cities, large cities, have been democratically run for a long time. Yeah, and they've been very. Uh, I, I don't know the word. They they don't they don't do it the way I would do it. You know, um, their their lifestyle has been very free and open. And it's interesting that they've wanted this free and open lifestyle, but they don't want me to have my free and open lifestyle. You know, it's a yeah. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that that they're doing, they're against me doing what I do. You know, uh, your typical wasp, Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Right. You know, I want I want to hold on to my God and guns. Uh, that's my prerogative. I'm not using either one of those to to bewitch what you're doing up here. And I'm pointing at the upper left quadrant of the United States. Uh, I'm not fucking with you, right? So, so keep your name out of my mouth, basically. You know, don't, don't, don't talk about us down here. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some uh, principles of libertarianism that, like, I strongly associate with, and one of them being that, like, hey, you do what you do, just get the fuck off my land. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I, for a long time in California, they've been doing this in California for a shit long time, and I'm not sure about Portland, uh, uh, Oregon, and Washington, but I think they have. Um, you know they've been growing marijuana in, in Northern California for a long time. Yeah, um, Northern California, from what I understand, I've only been as far north as the um, I forget if Oakland or San Fran's on the north side of the Golden Gate Bridge, but that's as far north as I've been on California. I've been, uh, I've been through most of mid. Been, Southern yeah, California. they're on the they're below the. the <laughs> I figure like yeah. they're they're like pretty much the gateway to Northern California is the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've never been that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never been that far north, other than like, hey, we're going across the bridge. Cool. Turn around. Yeah. Go back. But um, from what I understand, there's a lot of uh, Republican values that are in Northern uh, California, where it is like the notion of like, well, yeah, we can grow our pot. Yeah, we have guns. Yeah, we have churches, and like well, you, you can do the same. California is a state that shows that doesn't represent the, the it's the god damn it the its political representation is controlled by three cities mm-hmm. yeah okay san francisco los angeles and san diego or it, it may be more but i'm just pointing out three large I, cities I, I would say probably sacramento sacramento is what i meant to san, say not san, san diego. diego is like the one red like yes, heavy yes, red you're right. like city um north <clears throat> california is ca- you know there's not many cities up there. no there's not and it's just you know mountain people and and cowboy type people and you know let's just you know, live off the land. Don't fucking bother me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care about your shit down there. I'm not in it. You know, vote. You know what you vote on down there. Do you, and, re- and, do you remember like uh, it's like two years ago that uh, they were trying to vote Californians to break their state yes, into up three? In, yeah. Yes. They're going to have Northern, Southern, and California. They're going to have Northern California, Southern California, and California. And California would be the San Fran area. Southern California would be Los Angeles, San Diego. And See, I don't know how that would work, man. That would really fuck up San Diego if you put them in a state with Los Angeles. So, speaking of uh, redrawing borders and whatnot, have you guys seen this week where uh, the Supreme Court ruled that eastern Oklahoma is not Oklahoma anymore? It is of the Mus- uh, Muscogee Creek tribe. Indians. No. American. Check this out. So it's a, it goes back. It's a case from 1997. 
this man, I think he was guilty of murder or something. I don't, he may have been guilty of a fucking parking ticket. Who knows? But he's of um, American Indian descent, right? And he argued that the laws of Oklahoma did not apply to him, that he could not be a criminal for the state of Oklahoma because the land he is on, citing a, a treaty from 1866, is under the Muskogee Creek tribe and not the state of Oklahoma. The Supreme Court just ruled on it this week since 1997. Wow. The, the four uh, uh, liberal judges and Gorsuch, the uh, Trump appointee who also uh, he voted for the, uh, the trans uh, case that yep. was recently. Uh, you can't be fired for yeah, um, being uh, trans. Yeah, for your, whatever your sexual spectrum yeah. uh, is. Um, <laughs> but so essentially now all that is Tulsa and like the, the entire like eastern part these they will have to release every prisoner that is incarcerated in eastern Oklahoma for crimes against the state of Oklahoma now what this means is that the authorities in Oklahoma and Eastern Oklahoma, they no longer have any say-so. Their state constitution oh, yeah. is invalid. It does not work. Um, but they still answer under the federal law and now the Muskogee Creek tribe law. So come on. it's fucking wild. So what, what it's looking like, it's, it's, it has the potential to be. Tim Pool has a video on it where he pulls up a map to, to show all these territories. What, what I think it shows the potential Put to Put it be, on the screen, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is to, in order to save the Union, we have to redraw the state's borders because some of these states have become too powerful and too corrupt and do not represent the rest of their constituents only in these smaller, more condensed kingdoms, essentially, right? So in a way to get around that, they're now looking at old Indian land where they're like, yeah, you know what? You guys are right. This land isn't your state's anymore. It's still American, but we're going to essentially restructure this. So tax laws on, an, on whenever it's on uh, indigenous land are significantly different than they are when they're on state land, right? And this, this is why Indian casinos are not on state oh, yeah, land. Yeah. They're, they're on their land. Yeah, their their tax laws yeah. are different. Yeah. So what this means is now that American corporations and the federal oh, government can, can do to... business or move locations to do business with a new, essentially, state in the middle of the country. So, so I think that this is what we're going to be seeing throughout the rest of the 21st century is that our borders, we're not going to be imperialistics, uh, imperialistic anymore. Right, as far as expanding our borders with colonialism, what it's going to be now is going to be like, okay, we understand that something like the Chaz and these autonomous zones can't happen. What we want, we want people to still be able to democratically run their republic how they want to, right? However, what we don't want is that to be, become so widespread that it dominates an entire state because then bad things happen. Yeah. So how can you get across that without seizing land from people? We start looking back at some of these old treaties that they, uh, the federal government screwed uh, the indigenous uh, people that were here, the American Indians, 
out of their land and never gave them the land as promised. So now you're going to start seeing, like, California, essentially, is, like, the entire state of California, like, has, like, shady deals of, like, land grabs with this, you know, as part of, like, that whole manifest destiny uh, land grab generation. So going back to um, Oklahoma for a second, what did it, did it include, did you say it included Tulsa? It did. Is now swamped into the, possibly swamped into this reservation. So if you imagine, um, from your perspective, where you're sitting, right, like this is yes. Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah. so it's like this. Okay. So it's like the Panhandle, and um, uh, about if you ignore, the, if you just the, ignore the Panhandle, look at the the rectangular portion the of Oklahoma, side, the Texas side of Oklahoma. Right. So if you look at just the rectangular portion of it, east to west, that's sort of from a little less than halfway. Right. You want to kind of Z it, like this way, uh, horizontally down, to where. Um, uh, you have, uh, I don't know, the panhandle side is a little smaller than the western part of it. Yeah. But, like, you've got, I'm trying to think what else is there. Tulsa, I think, is the biggest city. But, it, like, the president was just in Tulsa. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think these things are necessarily coincidental. I think what it's showing is that these areas, if we restructure how the states are drawn, then we can get past some problems we found with like say the electoral college or um a gerrymandering like zones right mm-hmm. so if some cities have become so like tulsa has had races controlling it like since the late 19th century you know yeah. black wall street and like like a hundred years ago that massacre in the early 20th century yeah like so like these folks have been like if, if you think about it, from the state level they've still been in charge of this area right so if you they're not seceding from the union they're just more or less saying that your state no longer has control over this part of what was your state see so how are we going to classify them though like as those regions they're not going to become like as a new state i don't i don't i don't know i don't know that's that's going to be another another problem to look at, like, right? They're going to be independent nation in kind of like on how Reamer. No, it's, 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 it's not an independent nation because it yep. still answers to the federal government. What I think this may be uh, doing is it may be dismantling some crimes that were perpetrated against us constitutionally after the Civil War. So. Two of those being that slavery is still legal if you're being punished for a crime. Mm -hmm. So they keep redefining what a crime is. So now you don't have to have a victim to have a crime to go to jail. So that's one big problem with So now your constitutional rights are null and void if you're incarcerated. Right. That's one big problem. The other one is that you answer to, you used to answer to uh, your state, right? Mm -hmm. You're now no longer a citizen of your state. You're a citizen of your state and the federal government. So it, it's created this way to have two separate entities police uh, uh, and uh, judge you. And depending on who you are and what the circumstances are, you know, it, it'll go like who's, who's in charge of prosecuting? Is it going to be the feds or is it going to be the state? So I think that if we start looking at it like this, where it's like Jeremy said, like how are you – is it going to be a new state? I, I don't know if we're going to be having st- – States as we know them, that they used to be, but it's it's definitely not going to become its own nation or anything because it still answers to the feds. Yeah, you can't. There's something about I think there's something in the Constitution or maybe I'm just 
losing my mind at the moment, but there's something about having you can't be complete. You can't. There can't be a sovereign entity inside the United States, inside its borders. There's yeah. something. I'm thinking of something. So no, you can't be an independent. Yeah. yeah, you can't say, "Oh, I'm now." Let me, let me uh, Kirklandville. Let me ask you this, because um, the the great, you know, like the great state of Walker County in Alabama, the sign was there for a long time. <laughs> let me. Uh, do you do you think that as a as a foreign country, you should be able to purchase land in America? You, you know, um, this is this is where I have an opinion that is not learned. Okay, I'm, I'm on a similar manner. Okay, so like I'm, I'm not, I'm not. It's not a hill I'm willing to die on or anything. So. No, no, I, yeah, I don't. I'm, a China I'm buying ahead. land in the United States, a Chinese. Okay, so a, a, a country buying another country's land, I have a complete problem with it. I don't want the United States to buy uh, a city or a, or, or a, a, you know, but could could could. I own a house in Mexico. I mean, I, I, no, mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily have a problem with um, certain... God, man, I'm, I'm killing my argument. Either, either yes or no is the answer. My answer being, I don't think... If uh, if you're okay, China. If you're if if your country is China, no, you can't own property in the United States. I I would okay. You're not. Uh, I, I don't think that as a country. I don't think a country should be able to purchase exactly any, any land. Behalf. But if you're a communist, okay, you're okay. China. I, I think if you're a communist and you have a, a big bankroll and you want to start your own commune like in the middle of nowhere in America, have at it. Like that's that's what you want to do, but I don't think that what you what should be legal is for you to be able to sell that land to another country. Like I I, I don't think you I, do, I, I, think, I I think it's a it's a bad idea because then if you do that then that means I think it would mean that that you would have to answer to their laws and customs and no longer to American customs, right? I don't, I don't or at least it has the potential for that to like influence. What 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 we're doing is we're talking about a topic that's so general that we'll we'll, we'll just step all over our arguments because there's a, a strong <laughs> argument right. for A and a little bit of D and a better argument for B and C, but you know, what are the real specifics? I it's okay, so it would be very hard for me to say that uh, a guy who, you know, he owns a, a print shop in London and he saved up his money and all he's ever wanted was a house on the beach in Florida for his vacation. Mm -hmm. Okay, why can't he buy that? I think he should be able to. I he's, agree. He's, he's not, he is not the United Kingdom, though. Right, right. What I don't care is if the United Kingdom, but what is the United Kingdom? Okay. Uh, it's a corporation. Okay, so if the United Kingdom, the government, okay, uh, you know, the adopted by parliament whatever the fuck their thing is over there they have to do they want to buy you know um, a building in Tampa for getaway purpose I don't know what the fuck they would have a building I don't know why I'd assume a the country starting... because you get okay. you can you get and I'm trying to stay away from well you already have an embassy yeah I was about to say why how the is that any different want... than an yeah. US embassy in, yeah. like, in and, the Middle East you know and that yeah. becomes their 
the, you know, that becomes their, we allow that to be their, a piece of their country on our country. And right. they give us that extension. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, and I know you didn't ask this question, but is if, is if you take away our embassy in your country, well, guess what? Now you don't have an embassy in our country. Ours, yeah. yeah. And we don't seem to be, I, I, I feel like we're a little bit wishy-washy. With that, where I think that I would prefer a firmer hand, and maybe that's my naivety in in in, in politics and, and, and in global, you know, the global realm and things. But I would have a much firmer hand with some of these countries that fuck with the U.S. and its interests. Yeah. Compared to what, and and in in a sense that I think we do a lot of um, we do a lot of barking. Even with our drone bombings and our plane bombings and things like that, I think of mm-hmm. that as, as 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 barking. I it's definitely not biting. I would <laughs> I would I would slap the piss out of one or two people, mm-hmm. and they leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to be the bully, yeah. but I won't be bullied. And you may whip my ass, but I'm not going to run from you. You're going to have to earn it. Yeah, that's how I want to see the United States. With integrity, yeah. Okay, with with I am above you and your bullshit. I don't care about your high school drama. Now you're now whatever you're doing over here in your little country, it's petty. And I realize you got your little civil war going on, and and you're this religion, you're this religion, whatever the fuck. That's fine. But now you're doing shit that fucks with the United States, and we're going to ask you to stop, yeah. or or I'm going to come over there and I'm going to talk to you firmly, like I do with my son. I want you to stop. If I get out of the chair, if I get up, I'm putting hand on ass. Okay? If if you push me to that point, and I'm making a joke here, really that's not what it's like. But what I'm saying is I would be a little, okay, to the point that probably some other country would say, Russia would say, oh, yeah, you can't do that. Well, Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? What you want to do. And I've been in the schoolyard, and that's what it's been like. What you want to do. You You want this too? With the bloody nose, my ass is whipped, and I'm looking at the next guy. Okay? The other guy, he don't want no more. Right. Because he, he don't have enough left. I clearly do. Bring it on. I think we... You know what, man? We I think we said we would kind of skirt around some of these things. I wonder if we shouldn't have done what Patton said we should have done. In regards to what? Russia. Oh, just uh, take them off. Well, if we should have, you know, what what would the world be like if we could we have beat Russia? It, you know, we're talking what we're talking about for anybody that listens to this and doesn't know is a good opportunity to go learn something. Patton wanted to march into Russia after after he didn't trust the the Russians, mm-hmm. rightly so, I think. Uh, we went into a huge Cold War that lasted until what ninety no eighty eight mm-hmm. when the wall fell. Tear down this wall. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of great history right there about a lot of that, and there's some there's some really good um, points that are made by learned men better than myself. If you're if you're interested in that, you should definitely research you should yeah, research it yourself. The whole Iron Curtain period of Russia was was a really dark time for them, though. So you know, standing in line for bread, you know, they went through yeah. hell. Those, those you know, Russians. That, that's a tough people. That's a country you don't want to fight. Okay, especially it's in their own country. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a tough. That's a tough people. Yeah, uh, you know, um, you know, something that we don't get a lot of credit for. 
So, uh, we back, fought uh, two fucking wars with pitchforks and axe handles. Mm-hmm. United States, we're you know there's there's a group of people that are not represented in current culture, current politics that were made fun of, and and it's 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 fun, okay? It's it's it's, it's fun stuff, but the truth truth is there's a large group of people I think that aren't protesting. You know, we're going to work, we're driving semis, we're digging ditches, we're doing hard labor. There's a there's a there's a large group of people that that has yet to stand up. And I think that's when that's that's the sleeping giant we don't want to wake up. I is, totally agree with that. Okay. I think I, that, I, I think, I, I, think I, I made my point and skirted the edge very well. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've said before on this show that the reason why uh, I like living in the South is because Big Brother knows everybody's packing fucking heat down here. So, like, you don't, you don't see much civil unrest happening in towns because everybody knows they're like, hey, like, we don't want violence. Everybody's prepared for violence, but nobody wants violence, you know? So that, like, order is not a bad thing. It can be a bad thing, you know? But you, you, what you don't want is just lawlessness and chaos, you know. Like, that's really, really bad. Yeah, you know, we had um, an episode in, 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 in Thomasville, where I live, um, you know, we had an officer-involved shooting, and right at the time, the Black Lives Matter thing was kind of stepping up. Like 2014, 2015? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, 16 is, let's see, I was working in Perry at the time, so 2016. Yeah. Um, you know, and so a group came down from Atlanta and, and, and marched down Broad Street. Um, you, know, you know, some of, the, build, some of the, the, the businesses on Broad Street shut down early and they did their march at 6 o'clock. I don't remember how many people marched. I don't want to call them protesters. Mm-hmm. It, they were marching in protest, okay, but they didn't protest in the sense of what I think of. I think of protest as people throwing bottles and rocks and acting like hoodlums and, and, and rioting. That's what I think of a protest. You know, the, you know, these guys, these men and women came down and they marched down the street. They were armed. Mm. Nobody, nobody cared. No, no, no it, I wasn't. I wasn't offended or afraid. They weren't there to fight me. They weren't there to fight against my culture, my religion. They were there in protest and solidarity to a cause. Yeah. And, and, and I think we applaud that. Well, there was the, um, the protest in Virginia against uh, Ralph Northam. Um, Ralph Northam's the, the governor of Virginia. Okay. And, uh, I vaguely remember this. This a uh, few months ago. Um, May have, it may have been pre-corona. I'm not sure. Um, Everything is pre-corona because ain't shit happened <laughs> since corona. We should have some coronas. Uh, but um, they uh, protested. Uh, it was a gun law he was trying to enact, and you had about 2,200 citizens armed to the fucking armed. teeth go to the Capitol. All denominations. You had like people with signs as well that were uh, displaying their identity politics group and still showing that like it's doesn't like basically their identity politics doesn't matter that like this is a cause that everybody should take a look at and I think that n- 
it was definitely pre-Minneapolis. I know that. And mm-hmm. I think the reason why shit didn't get out of hand in other cities that they were protesting on for whatever grievances they had is because in uh, Richmond, I think that's the capital of Virginia, everybody was fucking packing heat. Everybody was packing heat. And in Michigan as well, when they protested, I know that you had the photos of people, like white people screaming inside of like yeah. the Capitol building. Outside, oh no, you had a bunch of people, different races, armed to the T outside. That's why nothing got out of control is because the, what are the cops going to do against a bunch of people that are Guns. packing like AR-14s and fucking like, well, you know, you know, and they're not there, like you said, they're not there to bring violence to anybody. They're there to show that like, look, we're here to peacekeep. That's the way sheriffs used to be before the police state and the reconstruction era took over. You have the sheriffs show up at public events packing fucking heat to be like, hey, Y'all don't get out of line. Have a good time, but nobody's going to get out of line here. We'll cut you down. We need stuff like that to display publicly that a community that will get behind a, a, a group or a law enforcement to say, if you cause chaos and bring havoc to people, we will cut you down. But we don't have that with our police state anymore. Yeah, the we talked about that a little bit earlier. I don't remember if it was pre-podcast. I don't Before we started the podcast or... If it was during the podcast with the public gathering law in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they got rid of it. Uh, thankfully, it was um, enacted to keep um, blacks from gathering with firearms. Um, was never intended to be enforced against, you know, whites with firearms. Um, and then later, it just, you know, stayed in law. And it was a, it was a great way to, you know, introduce what I call jackbooted thuggery. Uh, some of the worst places in the state of Georgia for a long time were Glen, Glen County, over in Brunswick, mm-hmm. and um, Marta. The Marta police were horrible uh, um, with, um, you know, just harassing people about, you know, being armed. Uh, now, you know, to the point that we had to have it specifically written. You know, this part of the airport, no guns. This part, yes guns. Marta, yes gun. Church, yes gun. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I think it's a slippery slope. I am, um, sometimes pe- people uh, don't like the opinion. That's fine. Um, I'm a firm believer in Second Amendment. I don't think we should be adding more gun laws to anything because I think whenever you start having this, like this is a gun-free zone. Why the hell would you have a school be a gun-free zone? Unless you want kids to get fucking murdered there by a mass uh, shooter, which happens, which happens. We should want, like, at any public school, you should have fucking armed guards to protect the kids. So I went to a school not long ago. Well, no, actually, I drove past the school, and I, and I looked over, and I saw the, the school resource officer, and I thought, I don't... I don't know what this individual's purpose is other than the fuck with the kids. Right. Because this individual is not going to do shit in an active shooter yeah. situation. Well, it's like the the one you could just in tell a, in a Parkland that um, same same yeah that, ran. That, yeah, well yeah, he stayed outside and there's conflicting stories, but that that whole sheriff's department, uh, the sheriff Israel, I think his name was, 
shady shit uh, with him in general, but um, <laughs> he um, he said that uh, the officer, I forget his name, that was uh, cowardly, said he was given an order to stand down and wait and not engage. And then the sheriff's department showed up, and then they said a couple more were told, do not yet engage, like the active shooter. And then afterwards, there's like they do all their damage control, like oh that was that was never said or anything like mm. that. But still, that's the problem with having, like you said, like and if I, I look that. if I look at a resource officer and he is built like me, that's a fucking problem, man. Like I'm not gonna be able to chase down a, a criminal or anything. You know, you know, you know what really I mean? and truly, kid, right? Like, but well, who who what do you see? What okay? Now I'm not watching videos from every school. And I realize this is just a tiny segment. Whatever the fuck your commenters want to say to this, but what my point—there's not many. I'm not too concerned. What what the point would be is, <laughs> I don't see any videos of these resource officers doing what I think they should be there for. What I see them doing is enforcing the school's policies, yeah. which stop, is stop not fights. which is not what. The sheriff's department is for. Right. You're you're not there. You're you're not there to enforce the mall's security practices. Okay. You're not there to enforce fucking tardyism. Okay. Hall monitor. You know. <laughs> why are you in the fucking office eating fucking snacks? You should be out there walking the fucking line. That's what I th okay, but that's not what that person. It's not called the school guard. It's the school resource officer. Yeah, and that person is to be there to fucking put your son in a chokehold when he has a seizure or if he's got you know. That's the things that we see. Yeah, the 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 guy doing that to the to the kid who had um, was he did he have um, schizophrenia? I think anyway the the kid you know had a problem and he's trying to say hey I'm having an attack I'm having a problem here and instead he's getting fucking rear naked choked. Yeah. It you don't want to rear naked choke my son. If you're an armed police officer with a badge on duty, don't rear naked choke my son because it's going to be asshole and elbows. You're going to have to whoop me. Yeah. You're going to have to whoop me. Well, you're probably going to have to shoot me. There there's there's a, there's a problem with that right as far as like they'll want you, and you'll, you'll have, notice that kind of shit's not going on in South Georgia. No, it's not. It's not. going on in these fuck-ass places with Democratic-elected officials, with Democrat-elected sheriffs, which we have a Democratic sheriff in, in Thomasville. Uh, uh, our sheriff is a Democrat. He's democratically so, elected. So, so is our one in, our one in Valdosta. Uh, uh, he's running unopposed in November. He just yeah. had a thing where... Um, Ours so runs unopposed, typically. I, uh, I have some friends that uh, they were at the... Uh, the BLM protests in Valdosta or whatnot. Was, I didn't know y'all had any. It was a small gathering. It wasn't anything like, you know, it's a peaceful protest. You and know? it's okay that it was a small gathering. You're mm -hmm. not making light of it. Yeah. It the, wasn't mob rule. Yeah, there was. what you're saying. So our sheriff drove by, and one of the protesters had a sign that said, F asterisk CK Trump. So he tried to grab the sign from her for obscenity laws and then, like, either grabbed uh, her neck or something they ended up like arresting people. So of course, some people are just like you know like they get um, excited because they're like you know like oh you got arrested you're one one of us now one for the cause. But at the same time, it's like yo that that's 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 um, 
superficial horseshit. What you should look at is like the fucking man who's supposed to be in charge of law and order in our town not only just broke the law, but like he put his hands on a citizen. Like he was off duty as far as I know. But like, well, now as I understand it, there's no off duty. Either which way, if somebody were to put their hands on him whenever he's playing clothes, like they they will throw the book at somebody in that regard. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, but no, there is something. There is a problem though. It seems with DNC elected officials that they don't in their and it's particularly usually in bigger cities, not so much in the in the South, um, Atlanta, but, Philadelphia, but, Detroit. I'll keep going. New York, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Seattle, yeah, Portland, Portland. Uh, the you know, and it's you look at you know, and, and you know what it is. I, I read an article about this, and it's there's a Republicans want a lot of police presence, and the Democrats don't want a lot of police presence because of the the way they believe it affects the citizenry. Right. Okay. Well, in areas that are patrolled have less crime in these areas that aren't being patrolled they have more crime okay is it budgetary concerns no i don't think so you know because some of these bigger cities do have plenty of money yeah um and and, and i don't i don't i don't pretend to know that what the answer is the point was making is that the article said that actually it was ben shapiro that was talking about this actually uh if they were Republican controlled, they would be more heavily policed, and crime would go down. Was the point that Shapiro was making? I think. I think it depends on the policing and the crime. Proper right? policing. Proper. Policing. Yeah. Okay. God yeah. damn it. Okay. <laughs> because you can have in some of these cities they have policing. They well, don't have well, yeah, proper they're, they're policing. Beat, yeah, because they're beating the fuck out of their citizens. They're just yeah. riding around fucking with people. Yeah. That's that's not what's going on. Well, and, and in Thomasfield, our cops don't do that. I call them cops. The cops is constables on control. It's mm-hmm. not a patrol. It's not a derogatory term, at least not for me. You know, this is how I grew up. My dad's, uh, you know, there's, the cops are here. Well, yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad never said the cops are here because the cops never <laughs> But, you know, the, we had a good friend who was a state patrol. Well, I mean, I've, I've got friends who are, uh, I've got friends who are law enforcement. I've got friends who are, uh, hustlers and they're criminals. Yeah, you know? who are who are not long. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're not criminals as in like they have victims. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just they break the programming as far as what is legal and illegal. And I there's some friends I have. I'll be honest, that are officers that agree with the legality as far as uh, breaking some of these uh, laws. That there's no again they're mostly drug uh, crimes, right? Yeah, because there's no there's not a victim in possession of a controlled substance. There is none. Yet we incarcerate so many people because of it. And in some of these cities where you've had DNC elected officials in some of these neighborhoods that they uh, systematically brought in black American families that were under uh, uh, they were dependent upon the government and government funds, right? And in some cities they weren't allowed to even purchase land yet. They could only exist in these ghettos. Well, what do they also do? Well, they start bringing more criminals into these ghettos in order for them to deteriorate. Yet if the neighborhood is dependent on the government in order to 
like uh, sustain itself, it's never going to rise above that sustenance unless it gets out of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So if you look at how when they started really enforcing the war on drugs and even targeting like crack, they started uh, systematically putting crack into lower income uh, metropolitan neighborhoods that were government dependent, which again, normally they're black Americans in the mid 20th century that were under that in most states, not all of them. West Virginia was white, you know. CIA operations. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like they would have CIA operations where they would bring in drugs and they made it to where you would get more time for possession of crack cocaine than you would if you had the powder cocaine. Well, powder cocaine is more expensive. It's like three times but, more expensive. But so crack was more addictive. That was the argument. That right. Was yeah. That, this, yeah. I don't know either way. Um, I've never smoked crack. I did cocaine in my 20s. Fair enough. But um, the um, not... Do not recommend, by the way. Um, but uh, I, there, there's, there's so many complex problems in a lot of these big cities where, and even look at like how they vote and they've gerrymandered districts. Just so they always get the right vote every time. Yeah, and sometimes you'll see this in Georgia where they'll have like polls where they'll have small amount of polls, large amount of people. And, it, and especially this year with COVID-19, it's like, oh, sorry, you guys didn't get to vote today. Uh, better, better luck next time then, okay? Well, oh, you could try mail-in ballot. Yeah, yeah, that's a fucking scam. Yeah, mail-in ballot, bullshit. The way to go for the future is digital authentic authentication, online voting. You, we, you can have unique IDs. If you can have any sort of pro, uh, uh, financial transaction online, that is secure, you have a paper trail, and you can uh, uh, make sure that you are getting what you pay for, and it's just you, uniquely, to one transaction, how can you not have that in a voting system? I can think of one, and soaking my boy over here, you probably can too, I can think of one um, um, technology, methodology, mm -hmm. that could be adapted. Bitcoin. Blockchain. Blockchain technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew. I knew. I, I knew. You know, Bitcoin uses blockchain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I could build. I could build the shit. Me and Jeremy could build it. You know, we can't have it ready by this election. <laughs> uh, but but two fucking, you know, software hacks, not hacker right. hacks. Okay, because I'm washed up and you know hung out, hung up wet. I, I read an information security book once. I understood about ten percent of it. I could never be a hacker, dude. Um, you, you know, <laughs> but re regardless, yeah. with, with with voting online, like mail-in ballots, dude. Uh, Tim Pool does a lot of videos of a lot of states in New Jersey. The head of the NAACP <laughs> said that the entire uh, election, their local election, should be null and void because they caught so many instances of voter fraud from mail-in ballots. I don't know the problem with requiring an ID to vote. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see what don't, the problem is either. Because I want you to vote. I yeah. want every fucking citizen to vote. I, I agree. 18 citizen, 18 and older, vote. We're going to start on the first Tuesday of November, and it's going to run to the second Tuesday of November. Fuck trying to get it all done in one day yeah. by 7 p.m. I don't know why that's the case. There may be a really good reason, and I'm just not learning to know. But I want you to vote. Every fucking politician, if you've got some funky 
thing that you want to do, then then that you're being deceitful. I no longer trust you, and I no longer want you to be, represent me. Everybody should vote. You should make it very easy for everybody to vote. Should, uh, all you got to do is turn 18 and be a citizen. Okay, and and you can vote. Yeah. Not non illegal mm -hmm. aliens. Okay, undocumented, whatever you want to call, or even even residents. I don't I don't think that residents should be allowed to vote. I think that in order to dictate the future of our country, you should be this, a citizen. Being a citizen used to mean something. Well, it's become dirty in, in the modern age, right? Because you associate, or at least the media, will try to associate that concept with uh, xenophobia, which is absurd if you think about America is literally the opposite of xenophobia, where it says, hey, Come here. Biggest of you nothing know, pot as you can get. Yeah, and not only that, but check it out. Here, whenever you come here and you, we give you the guarantee that your kids will have it better off than you did elsewhere, we don't take your inheritance. Your children will be able to inherit your work. That doesn't happen in like these Marxist countries, you know? Well, you know, there's... Not only that, but you can pursue whatever you want here. Like you're not your job and role is not determined for you whenever you're whenever you're born. You can right. pursue whatever you want. That that does not happen like elsewhere. You know the pro okay, so here's the thing. You've got I mean, it to does fucking happen, hold up. It does happen elsewhere, but like th this is the hub for it. Like yeah. America sets the pace ideologically and judiciously for the rest of the world. Um, if you want one, they're uh they're in the fridge. There's uh, bottles yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, man, you know, uh the next time I go to a podcast they're gonna have coffee, <laughs> <laughs> but with with the voting thing, you can also ensure that it's uniquely yours. Like, there's software that exists called like OpenPGP, to where you can like sign it with your own hash, and you're the only hash that can unencrypt. The well, message. I mean, I carry my hash with me everywhere I go. It's on my it's my fingerprint. Yeah, you got. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that too. Yeah, you know, it's right, all, yeah. there's also my driver's is, is that, license. Is that an, a, an acronym, hash? Uh, no, hashing uh, is. Oh, a hash is where you take. Uh, you basically take. Um, okay, so your password is cheese. Okay, right. you remember you if you heard, if you were in that that the, the little speech with me, uh, the little thing I said, you know, your your, your password could be cheese, cheese pound, but morph it up a little bit. Ch three three s three pound. It, you know, takes take take about ten million years to to crack that. Okay, right. so so you you type in cheese, okay, but then I throw something on there that's randomly generated, okay, we'll call it and it's called salt, and then I run that through a hash algorithm that takes the string cheese, the random generated, and typically for it to be truly random, is I say I want it to be bigger than ten but less than a million and even that should be hidden and unknown because if you know it's bigger than 10 and less than a million it sets the range for you to, to, to be able to guess within for the random right okay but so then I, I hash that together through an algorithm that comes out with a truly it's like a very likely not impossible but very likely unique stream right it could be um, it's a bunch so of that's random a hash. letters and numbers. Okay. So I mean, and, so so that makes hashes aren't unhashed. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Encryption is decrypted. So we right. we take it, we encrypt it, we encrypt the message, the email, 
And then when it gets to the receiver, we decrypt it. We type in a password and it or a key, right. and it decrypts it. Whereas a hash is compared. A hash is never dehashed or unhashed. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Okay. <coughs> I'm, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Well, well, I think I think then that like again like that's. That's the way to go. It, like, the with, technology exists. We just, as a country, have to decide to move forward with a more secure way of voting. So, especially with, like, 2016, like, with all the scandals of, you know, voter fraud. Yeah, so why you know, would you want to encourage a method that would, um, has a higher potential to be perverted in its count well, than, like... Well, okay, so, you know, the status quo being get out and vote. It was a social gathering. It was something that we did. You know, we, we, we got we got on our Sunday best and Ma Ma made a pie and we went and voted. Yeah. And that's the way it was done. And and it takes a long time to get away from from that. You know, it's it's Yeah, you, you know, the, the the mailman pulls up and he's he's been there awful goddamn long time. And it's like now we look up at that back door. And there's the shooter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the the hitman is here. Uh, they found our our. How long has the mailman been there? A, a good, a, long enough. <laughs> long enough. He was just sitting in the driveway. I, I guess sorting out your mail. I don't know if you got it. Mm-hmm. Stalking you around. I don't know. I don't know. It looks like he's going on the. Okay, he's good. So, so I did a I'm gonna live in the country, man. <laughs> Where so, somebody comes into your driveway and you live dude, was, way out here. Have you like, gotten here early? I know I told you, but there was a there was a cow like in the middle of the road earlier. I like run to get like you know bottles of water and whatnot, and uh, <laughs> just a fucking like I see it going down the hill and I see this car stop. I'm like, what the fuck is this car doing? Stop in the middle of the road, and I see another car across the way. And, of course, my paranoid brain, to start with, is like, oh, they're probably doing drugs or something. <laughs> like, let me go around these these fucking people. But, I, you know, I slow down because I'm about to, you know, zip by safely, and the other car, like, starts going. I'm like, all right. I'm like, that was weird. And I look over at the side, and no, there's just a giant cow, beautiful cow, but just, like, chilling on the side, just, like, eating some grass. I'm like, fuck, man. You don't, you know... A cow's not an apex predator. I, I wouldn't think it is. But but it is apex something in that that cow gives no fucks. And there's nothing you can do about it. That cow will, will move when, when it's damn it. well ready. Um, so right. hang, I, hang, hang on, because I got I to gotta pee real quick. So okay. Take a pee break. And we're back. So, yeah, mint... Uh, we were uh, talking about uh, digital voting, online voting, and whatnot. And you said you had a, a segue. Yeah, segue to Bigfoot. We'll hear it. Yeah, so, yeah, so in, in in some ways, it ties in uh, with the state of where I think our country is right now. Okay. And it kind of disappoints me, but I was very happy to see this happen. Also, because um, young lady that I. Um, you know, came in contact with yesterday. Her situational awareness was um, was really good. And situational awareness is, you know, you're you're aware of your surroundings. You you see what's going on. You see if you're a victim 
or you see if somebody else is a victim. And we're talking about in situations where you could be attacked. Right. This is what happened. I went down to Tallahassee. I was thinking about going down to St. Mark's. Um, I'm in my four-wheel drive, and I said, you know what, man? I'm going to go to the Powerline Road, and I'm going to cruise the Powerline, just see what it's like. Is it a good place to go off-road? Because we get our get our buddy with his Jeep to go down there. Um, it turned out to be pretty cool. Sandy, four-wheel drive was required. Um, couple couple watery spots, a couple kind of hilly spots. Um, well within my comfort zone, I was alone. Mm-hmm. So well within my comfort zone for the day. Uh, you don't want to get in a situation where you're stuck and you got nobody to help pull you out. So you usually go in pairs or more. Right. Okay. So I'm very careful to make sure I don't get, you know, I'm not going to go through, you know, heavy, heavy water, you know, deep water or heavy mud, things like that. If I can keep two wheels on dry land and two wheels and a little bit of water, I'm safe with that. I feel good with that. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm off-roading. I'm listening to bad boys, bad boys, bad, you know, I'm jamming. And I noticed a little blue, little, yeah, because, you know, you can picture it. You do you. Hey, man, I'm, I'm giving it hell, man. Well, I noticed a blue Jeep behind me. And I'm like, all right, cool. If, if something happens, there's another individual out here. And typically, off-roaders jump in and help each other out. That's just the community. I, okay. Dude, I've been stuck before in my little car just from like going uh, down to a riverbed or something. And people will help you out. Like, yep. No matter who you are, like, yep. they'll, they'll help you out. So uh, I get, I noticed, you know, we go pretty far. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're back there. And at one point I noticed they're, they're way back. Okay. But I was probably going a lot faster than them. My truck geared more off-road ready than their Jeep. Very stock street tires. Okay, they were four-wheel drive, but having to go less crazy than I was. Right. Um, I noticed that they turned around. Well, I got to a point where the water is running through the power line. There's a little creek there. In a couple more days, that'll probably be easily crossable but yesterday it was not is too deep and the water running real fast and I'm by myself so I turn around and I catch up to them and I notice that it's a it's a female driver whereas I was pretty sure I in my rearview mirror I saw the girl was the passenger and I thought okay a guy and a girl that's probably why they're not off-roading like I am they're just out cruising you know what I mean he's not Plus, they're by themselves, so they're probably not. They're just out there not with, on a limits. stroll, yeah. right? Exactly. So, or you know, guy and a girl in a jeep trying to find some place to you know, right, get and on. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> certainly, certainly, um, their prerogative. So, long story short, I'm behind them at the stop sign, and they turn left and they go on a road that that would take you out to the surface road, the paved road. And I'm trying to download the damn map for the National Forest. And it's just spinning. It's a fucking PDF. And it's like taking eight years to download. I've got 4G. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll head toward Tallahassee from where I'm at. I'm south of the airport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, because I used to do Uber, I know I'm going to get good service if I get closer to the airport. Right. All right. So I'm doing that. 
And while I'm going, I pull off into a national forest road that takes me to some bathrooms. I tinkle. Okay, I have a four-year-old, so I tinkle. <laughs> I look at the map there, and that's why I went in there, because I knew it was a trailhead mm-hmm. for the OHV, so if I had a motorcycle or a four-wheeler, I could trail ride from there. So I come back out. Five minutes, ten minutes, I come back out. I'm driving toward the airport. Still don't have good service. The map didn't tell me what I wanted to know. I catch up to the little blue Jeep. I don't know where they went from leaving me when they turned right on the service road. I turned right on the service road with them. And then I turned off right. and went to this thing. I'm gone ten minutes. I come back out. Now I'm, I'm behind them. I don't know where they went. But the dude is turning around looking at me. And the chick is driving. The dude's turning around looking at me, and the chick is driving, and she's slowing down. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm driving trying to download a fucking PDF, but I'm noticing that they're noticing me. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the stop sign, uh, to the red light, it's red, and she's looking in the mirror. And I pull up to the left of him, and I let my window down, and he lets his window down, and I said, I'm not following you guys. I'm trying to download the map for the National Forest Roads, and I'm just trying to get cell service. I'm 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 about to take a trail to to Lenart Village. I'm about to go to Tate's Hill through the National Forest. So, you know, good looking out. And he's like, man, I, I was I was getting a little worried, man. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm glad that she was noticing the reoccurrence of a vehicle in her rearview mirror. Mm. She had it wrong. Yeah. No foul. Okay. Uh, I'll remind you of a certain serial killer who serial killed in Tallahassee, Bundy, okay? Mm-hmm. This young lady's situational awareness could have Saved prevented, life, yeah. absolutely, you know? I'm not I'm not a serial killer yet. Um, look, <laughs> you know, call me tomorrow. <laughs> don't forget to ask. Um, yeah, I'm flexible. I mean, you know, I'm not, I change with the times. Um, you know, I no longer fit the profile. <laughs> um, I'm too old and I'm married and I have a stable job and so uh, no mommy issues so um, I went to the National Forest yesterday and this is the segue there could have been a Bigfoot in that motherfucker and I'd have never known it okay mm-hmm. there's no evidence one doesn't exist that's not evidence that it does exist, but there's no evidence one doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay, we, we, we need to see it to believe it. Okay, that damn national forest, you, you could go a week without seeing another person if you so chose. Okay, there are bears that probably go longer than a week without ever seeing another person. Yeah, damn sure go that long without ever seeing another bear. Um, tremendous large area in size compared to the Pacific Northwest the Olympic region where we believe Sasquatch to be right? or areas of Oklahoma I don't think there's a skunk ape in Florida and that's what I would have seen yesterday I wouldn't have seen Sasquatch I'd have seen a skunk ape I I would uh 
think that within that, within swampier terrains, like they're supposed to be like shorter and stouter, much like how you have a comparison between, say, a grizzly bear and a black bear. Mm -hmm. Black bears are primarily found like on the east coast, right? You don't have grizzly bears over here, thank God. Uh, <laughs> well, but, but I would imagine though that um, like the swamp apes would be something similar. There was a um, there was a friend of mine that she was telling me a story of uh, her dad. Uh, we went to high school in a city called Lakeland, Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very small town. Um, and uh, Banks Lake is there in the mm -hmm. county. Mm -hmm. And it's it's on the other side of Moody Air Force Base. There's a preserve. So hunky chunk of swamp that's there. But uh, she said Grand that, Bay WMA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Grand Bay is right there by Banks Lake, Moody. It's... Yep. All like kind yeah, yeah, um, but you can—I mean, you can like fish and whatnot, like out there. But uh, there was uh, some of the swamps that are a little bit uh, west of there. She said that her dad was in a stand like one morning, and uh, that uh, he hears movement like coming. It's like five o'clock. He's like, he said, it's still dark, like no light yet. And um, he hears this movement that's happening behind him. It's like, sounds like somebody walking. So he's, you know, just being calm. He said like over the course of like uh, 45 minutes or so, it started getting light again. And he heard, or it started getting light and he heard uh, the walking again. And then uh, he looks down from the stand and what he thought was a tree started like stepping out into the woods and it was like this like lanky thing that could blend in with like the trees and just walk through the swamp so it was the scariest thing he ever saw see and, and you know we've all heard these hunting stories yeah i mean they're all okay. anecdotal it's not proof of anything no, you know but yeah it's normally like the the hunter or the lone 25 adventure. fucking people telling independent stories I don't. I can't call them liars. Yeah. He, you know, and I don't want to say, oh, well, they they saw what they thought they saw, you know, or maybe they never. Maybe the you know, there's always some guy, the professional skeptic that says, well, the wind blew and you were already in a hyping state because you were scared. Right. I, I've been in a deer stand, and a goddamn Sasquatch sat in that fucking stand with me, or sat on the ground beneath me. When I finally looked down there, it was an armadillo. Okay? Right. When you're in the woods and you get scared and the light and the breeze and it's cold and you're 14 and it's, you've never been in the woods before, your your mind will play tricks on you. There'll be all manner of fuck, whatever. For me, it was always vampires. I got scared very early from at a vampire movie, the Nosferatu Vampire I got, movie. I got something for vampires later. Later, but <laughs> I still want to unpack the squatch. Sure. You know? Yeah, we're just getting we're just getting started, man. Uh, so the first two hours was just preamble. Yeah, like, we're about to, we're about to get deep. So so you 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 always your mind fucks with you. Let me go back to Robin Williams for a minute, because you you were talking Bring about it in that full circle. You you I have to say this. You know, we were talking about Robin Williams and his influence on you and mm -hmm. the movies and things like that. Was Aladdin for me? It was Robin Williams at Carnegie Hall. Mm -hmm. It was Dan Carlin at Car Carnegie Hall. It was Richard Pryor on Sunset Strip. That's a good. Okay, place. my vernacular is developed from 
things that I watched in the very early 80s, Whoopi Goldberg and Billy Crystal, okay, when, when Whoopi was great, mm-hmm. and she hasn't been great in a long time, I wish, and I don't know if she'll ever come back. I, I doubt. I don't, okay. I don't think any of the uh, modern sense of celebrities that are still around, you know what I mean? If, if she did it, though, it would, it would shift. The paradigm would shift. A lot of this fucking social justice shit mm-hmm. would go away if people like Whoopi would would because they were the groundbreakers, and then we wrote they, you know so we they so many people wrote in on on their backs, and now it's shifted again away that, that that these things are PC and we don't want to offend you. Yeah. When when by God she offended the fuck out of a lot of people, and I'm not putting her down. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she did it. I appreciated the humor at the time. But that's why my vernacular is my mind fucked with me as opposed to saying, well, my mind was, you know, creating illuminations, you know, whatever, whatever, (laughs) you know, whatever Jordan Peterson would say at this point. If the mind is, I mean, you got to think, gosh, like that's really something. And you think that's hell of a bloody thing to say is that the mind does all of these tricks and it manifests itself in some sort of paradigm that you can't even understand on a molecular level yet. Yes. And that's why Marxism is evil. So, <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> I've, tried DM, I've tried DMT a couple times. It's weird. It's I, weird. I don't even know what it is I was pulling up. I was imitating Joe Rogan. So. The, um, uh, <laughs> the ancient Americans... Uh, DMT ayahuasca for them was the same journey that we make whenever we die and our ethereal body more or less blasts off to the cosmos where it goes to this certain constellation past uh, the uh, Milky Way and Orion's belt where you have to answer for your crimes and you have to uh, see your own weaknesses as the uh, life that you've led and you have to answer for all of it so it's like judgment day for uh, well, I would gather whether or not you get to ascend or you get thrown back in the matrix mm-hmm. is the best way I can put it. Okay. So D- DMT, whenever you smoke it, accelerates this journey of the ayahuasca experience into like ten to like fifteen minutes. It's weird. It's weird. Um, I I would definitely uh, you know recommend trying <laughs> it. You know, to people who can't seem to. Uh, I guess if people think that life is so meaningless and there's nothing else there's no other possibility like this is it like this is your one chance that you get to have in the ring that i mean dude just go like smoke some dmt eat you some mushrooms and like go in the woods and just be one with yourself and with the world and like you will realize that that's a crock of shit there's so much more to life and like we're it's so special that well i come out of the woods with the idea to have an iphone because um, I, I really need that right now. I really need that idea. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I'd say about Florida and skunk apes and swamp apes is this. We burn the shit out of Florida. Mm-hmm. We, and Georgia. South Georgia, North Florida, plantations. Okie right. okay, yeah. Yeah, Okie Finoki burned for a fucking, you know... <laughs> Couple, couple, couple months at least. And a couple. Times it's actually still, that. yeah. It's actually still on fire. The peat moss under, under is still, still on fire. Is, as I understand it, it'll burn yep. for quite a while, and, and could spring up. Now that could be gone. Now it could be that could be over. Now her coronavirus actually prevents fires from happening. So I mean, yeah, know, silver, silver lining there. Um, so I think that 
the Apalachicola, you know, I, you know, as I was driving through there, there was there was evidence of controlled burning. There were there were parts that were currently burning mm-hmm. when I drove through there. I don't know if it was controlled or, or you know lightning strike from the recent storms. You'll see migrations of animals in California, uh, uh, Colorado, Arizona. You'll see these animals leaving those areas. I think we would see larger primates if they existed. Okay? One place that doesn't have the forest fires is the Pacific Northwest. I was going to say that. Uh, what about the Everglades, though? The Everglades, I don't think the Everglades, I don't think, okay. But, but I mean, as far as like, because I, 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 I hear the logic of what you're saying, and it's pretty sound logic, right? Like, as far as like, we know about these woods, controlled burns, migration patterns, but yet down in the Everglades, you've got a large mass of protected land, right? So like the protected land, you they can't do controlled burns unless you have like I think that EPA has to like be able to say like yeah it's good and why doesn't EPA say yeah oh because we know about because we know about it and we know they're there and we want to protect them but then mm-hmm. I think we wouldn't be allowed in there either there's there's very few places man is prohibited in the United States true okay area 51 whatever I say most of Nevada is yeah, like yeah. so owned. there's no Sasquatch there Okay, right. not I mean, unless they've got the carcass, okay, you know, <laughs> uh, hidden, and that's what uh, Sasquatch actually runs Area Fifty One. That's where they're <laughs> yeah. all centered at. Yeah. So, um, Bigfoot in the UFO. <laughs> yeah, that's how he got here. You know, he's, he heard the the golden record. You know, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to see the Beatles in concert and he pissed off that he couldn't. Um, They've kept him in Area 51 the whole time. They're like, we have to figure out a way how to either clone or reinvent the Beatles. Otherwise, he's going to kill the whole fucking planet. So, um, Alapaha area. You were mm-hmm. talking about Grand Bay. You know where I'm talking about Alapaha? Yeah, 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 a little yeah. bit, A little bit further north from, from, from Valdosta. Right. Um, that is one big fucking, I almost said mangrove swamp, but that's not what it is. It's, uh, that's a big ass area. There's a whole lot of, uh, um, swamp area. There's another fucking term I want to use, but it's a whole lot of swamp area right there. But to me, that large of an animal needs high protein think of a think of a, a large black bear think of a grizzly bear mm-hmm. what do they do how do they how do they, okay so but see they, they eat salmon right from, from the fish they eat fish you know they're, they're omnivores they also eat berries you know they're, they're relatively large animals and can hold down a lot of rape but that grizzly, yeah they would have to be smaller though going back again to like the grizzly to black bear like ratio as far as body size I, I agree with you that like there's still going to be a large like lone predator, right? Okay, but, but this I would animal's imagine not be small. This animal's not catching ground squirrels. It's not catching rabbits. Okay, because it's not a fort. It's not a fox or coyote. Right. Okay, it's not a wolf. Okay, where do wolves? Wolves. Uh, uh, where where do wolves thrive? They, they not in the subtropics. That's for no, sure. No, they don't. No, down <laughs> here they wouldn't thrive. 
That, and that's why they're they're not here. Right. Okay. Set aside the the removal in the 1800s of these animals, of the coyotes, the smaller wolves. When I said wolf earlier, I meant the gray wolf. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's what we think of with the wolf, 100, 150 pound wolf. Yeah. Well, there are much smaller wolves hunted here. To extinction. For pelts. And, uh, and because they were, you know, they're killing the chickens, chickens. and things like that. Uh, the the Florida panther hunted to near extinction. Um, those animals would thrive here because they have a food source. I don't think a bipedal animal, primate, mm-hmm. would have a food source here. Th- Unless it's got a different method of hunting mm-hmm. than what I'm attributing, okay? Because I'm not giving it human characteristics because it's an animal. So is it between human and 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 and, and I don't want to say primate, but but animal? You know, what where where within that that spectrum is it so that it it gets a food source or is it Vegetarian, we assume it's carnivore. I, I would think it's omnivorous. Yeah, um, and I think it, I think you know, and we're talking like this exists. I don't think any of you are sitting here making a case that that a Bigfoot exists. We're I I have I have more evidence to show you that nine eleven was an inside job than I do to convince you that yeah. Bigfoot is real. Yet I have I, more I, evidence that it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think it's still very plausible that there are species. That we don't know about. There's, there's a friend of mine uh, whose uh, husband was in the military, and he talked about that uh, they were somewhere, maybe in like in Kazakhstan or something like, very remote and removed. That they were told that there are these large, like giants, that were in the desert mountains, and that if they see them, that they're 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 not friendlies, but they're not like a threat or anything just to leave them be Mm -hmm. and what he described was like it was like a a dark elf in Morrowind or something the Elder Scrolls where it's like like a like a grayish blue skin like a dark dark skin and with like orange hair Mm -hmm. and they're like they're hominids but they were like like these things that lived in the desert and this was in Afghanistan somewhere in that part of the world I don't think it was Afghanistan it may have been Kazakhstan well they're supposed to be an Afghanistan giant is there? And the U.S. military came in contact with it during, you know, this past 10 years. Huh. Uh, and then, you know, you and I talked about a documentary that I watched on YouTube, I believe it was. But it could have been on Netflix about giants. Very, very good. Very good documentary. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I, I don't know. Giants as a whole seems definitely more plausible because you have pretty notable sources such as you know the bible referencing you know giants of, of the time and but i mean even not even that but i mean skeletons so i mean like well, if, it, if, it's in the old, if it's in the old world i mean it's it's not as it can be discredited right away as far as like oh they oh, were yes, yeah yeah so i mean like you know dragons were a way to interpret like quetzalcoatl or you know, and like then they Giant put salamanders. Yeah, so I mean, then they just put that into like the uh, mythology or mysticism category, you know. Um, but I think that like if you look at like a lot of these 
just weird things that are found, like kind of whenever, I guess, paleontology and excavation sort of met in the 19th century when they were like, hey, we just learned like how to look for fossils as far as how we can find like dinosaurs. And then like that industry blew up. So then you had like charlatans move in and all that. But I think that aside from that, like archaeology, like like there's some places that were in like Turkey. Uh, I don't think it was Gobekli Tepe, but there's other places, excavations they've done where like you see like giant footprints that are like fossilized where it's like they're, the Neanderthals were like supposedly like giant, like seven feet tall, like teenagers and whatnot. And that, that it's... The we, the arguments that we've been misled to think that they are part of our uh, evolutionary progress, right? Whenever, if you look at like the bone density, the the jaws of like a Neanderthals, how like the the throats would have been, it looks more like a primate that would not have been able to like speak and like breathe as we breathe. They can breathe circular, like they can eat and breathe like at the same time. We can't we can't do that. We mm -hmm. choke. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it wouldn't make sense then that we then start shrinking somehow yeah. in size and become more feeble and more like something else and less like a primate from them. So it, to me, it makes sense that there were numerous kinds of hominids, like yeah, way... Kind of branches. Yeah, yeah, like way back in the day. And perhaps humans, us, like we were like one of the smallest ones. So if we survive, say, some sort of global cataclysm in mass, you know, because of our size and only remote sections of, say, giants, Sasquatch, whatever, lived elsewhere, then it would make sense how we would have flourished from then and how the idea that we would have occupied um, some of these classical buildings you find where it's like, oh, they built these doors gigantically oversized and ornately in, a, in the span of like 200 years. It's like, that doesn't make much sense. This looks like thousands and thousands of years went into like decorating like a like a giant's castle. Dude, I, I love Graham Hancock when he's talking about um, the the timing and the narrative of um, our history. Mm -hmm. You know, he 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 talks about the Sphinx a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he and, was a, he was a heretic like ten twenty yes, years ago. Yes, and and it's like you know we have to fit this narrative. You know, they you know science has said this is the evolution of man, and this is the this is how this is what Earth is, and I find it really strange that science doesn't want the Bible to be the the history of man. Mm -hmm. but they're not willing to change the history that they've written when it's increasingly evident that they've got it wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, he, he talks a lot about the problem of what, what in the, in the quote-unquote truth community, you know, we talk about as scientism, which is you turn uh, theory into fact, and then you enforce dogma, and anything that contradicts that dogma should then be disqualified because the argument is already settled. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's an absurdly perverse way to look at the scientific method. Mm -hmm. But if you look at some of these things now, there's uh, monopolies on observation, whether it be the cosmos or excavating in, er in the earth, right? 
So uh, one thing I love that uh, Hancock talks about is that the Amazon being a, uh, a man-made garden and that the only way that uh, we've been able to sort of figure out what is in parts of the Amazon that we, we're not allowed to go to is by using LIDAR technology, you know, where you, you, from above the canopy, shoot lasers down to get the topography of the land and everything that's on the land underneath the canopy of the jungle. So you don't have to destroy the jungle to see where stuff is. Or, right. can, or venture in. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, become jaguar food or some shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he talks about that. He gave a lecture uh, after um, the Gobekli Tepe uh, stuff was found. Um, I forget where the lecture was, but he had with him uh, a map of what he believed the old world would have been before this um, this cataclysmic flood, and he shows that not only uh, was uh, you know the the Americas uh, much much larger than what it was, mm-hmm. but um, in the uh, Philippines, what I guess would have been Polynesia, like coming off of like Vietnam and Laos and everything there south of China. Breaking up. Yeah, yeah, the, all those uh, archipelagos that are part of Indonesia now. There was a giant landmass that stretched out. And it, it makes sense then when you start looking at like the west coast of America today having influence both genetically and architecturally and societally uh, from Polynesian cultures. Like look at the Olmecs and whatnot, you know, like it, it doesn't make sense to think that like the British and the Spanish were the, the first folk to get here. I mean, Christ, the, the Norse were like as far as white folk go, Norse had already figured out the entire Atlantic seaboard. The arguably the North Africans, the uh, Moors that conquered the Mediterranean back in the day. Why the hell wouldn't they have turned their boats going like yeah. westward? Yeah. Right. Like of course they did. Like so. Like I like that Graham Hancock has been one of these guys that has has stuck with it and been like, there's something problematic about how we view the history of not only civilization, but ourselves, like, as well. And, like, I, I just eat that old world shit up, man. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, you you can't... My problem is, is I go in... It's, it's, it's like reading... Um, Hawking. A Brief History... Um, Hawking. Is it A Brief History in Time? Is his first book... I've never read it. Um, well, it's like, you know, I, I sat down to read it, and I was like, well, fuck, I need to get a foundation in physics. He says you don't need it, but I, I really need a foundation in maths and physics, and and maybe maybe I'll kind of get some of this a little better. Yeah. Um, when you're when you're talking about some of these things you're talking about with, with Hancock is there's several pieces of foundation I want to get. Mm-hmm. So that I can really get what he's saying for for us, or, or for anyone who's not not really understanding what he's talking about, it's easy to say, well, you know, he's a heretic. Yeah. He's he's against the 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 norm. But when you when you kind of understand why, I don't want to say when you can understand why he says it and it makes sense. That's not a good phrase. What what I mean is when you understand the Sphinx is older 
than it is. Then you've got Gobekli Tepe with uh, hundred gatherers making art. Mm-hmm. When you've when you when you've now realize, okay, we're probably a little older than we think we are. Yeah. We people. There were probably other peoples here with us. They didn't make it. We did. Uh, when you throw out the notion that Columbus didn't discover America, uh, Vikings came to the New World long before. Um, yeah, Vikings and Africans and Africans, like and, and Poly- Polynesians and uh, Asian cultures on the West Coast. Like you see in, uh, you see samurai fashion in indigenous American tribes on the Pacific Rim of the Americas. Well, I mean, like they, they, we we don't see their influence being like that's not coincidence that's enough that it should be investigated and i think it's lazy that it well well, yeah because you can't question the official narrative has been like this whole like thing going on for a while and i'm so sick of fucking narratives you know it's like it's like um they do really good when you want to control people's thoughts you know so if you look at like the history of like the post-renaissance world we have been more or less letting rome dictate the history of the world and our cosmos and our earth like and uh, even like rome was uh, in uh, you know bankrolling um what's his name darwin darwin's book on uh, evolution like darwin's a eugenicist he's a racist motherfucker he also married his cousin so maybe that is something to say ad about hominem. racist marrying cousins ad hominem that is ad hominem however i'm a i'm a i'm a I don't care. <laughs> okay, but um, I, I I still think that like to to go back to Graham Hancock, I I think that he is the ideas Graham Hancock is presenting. He's not going to see them flourish in his lifetime. He's he's in the autumn and winter of his life. You know what I mean? Um, but his influence, I think his influence is going to be tremendous. Uh, the thing about the Amazon being a man-made garden, what's crazy about that is that um, he's talking about the soil in the Amazon. After they dug up, they saw that like it was it was just not fertile land at all. So what they did was they more or less charred like this earth with a and then with moist like earth as well, so it wouldn't like you know. Uh, it was a control bird. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, and and they did this to more or less create their own topsoil. Yeah, make it actually fertile. Yeah, and they made it deep. I think it was like three feet or more deep, and like laid it all out. Yeah, I remember like how this. You, like how could you think that like like as big as the Amazon and is, as thick as the the jungle is, like just the yeah. So man-made, yes, and what's the evidence that it's man-made? Because you know, could could it natural? Because the earth itself, that topsoil, is not naturally occurring. Okay. It, it's a man-made topsoil. Gotcha. Okay. So, how does this go back to Bigfoot? <laughs> it all goes back to Bigfoot. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, how I think some of it goes back to Bigfoot. We were talking about science and its lack of um, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the lies that it's told in... The lie is that the theories are true. Yeah, in effort to maintain 
A sense of order. Well, no, no. Okay, so I come up with this theory, and I got it um, peer-reviewed, and you guys agreed with it. And now here comes this guy. He's not even a scientist. He's an author, and he's debunking my theories. Now, of course, my theories were 100 years before him coming up, okay? But all of these other professors bought into my theories, and they're all peer-reviewed, and they all agree, and all of their science is based on my science. And when you debunk my science, you now debunk all of theirs. And that's part of the problem, I think, is uh, that shows that they're lazy. Yeah. They didn't verify far enough down uh, in their in their own investigation, or there's a reason, or there's a greater conspiracy uh, to 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 keep their theories in check. There's to, a, to greater control well, us or, science, or to greater influence science us. Science has always been about trying to figure out what we don't know, and it's easier to progress on in life and move on to harder and more challenging things whenever you feel as if you have a good basis or an answer. For one of these big questions, like why does this apple keep falling down? Oh, gravity. You know, it, it's an answer. Now we can move on to our different puzzle in life and try to try to move on to it. I don't feel as if it was an intentional use of control. You know, a thought control. It's just a way that we can, as a society, move on. I understand building on the the shoulders of others. Right. Okay. But at some point, we got to kind of kind of check back. And Graham Hancock actually talked about this. Like, okay, you know, at some point we need to audit. We should be auditing everything right now, especially in this year, man, 2020, all that's going on. Um, I was talking about my friend V on the podcast yesterday that uh, um, everybody can agree that nobody can agree on anything this year. Like, everybody can agree that nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> like fully, so we should be well, we should be auditing all this stuff, but not not to get too far from like Graham Hancock and stuff. But there's um, another guy, I forget his name. I could look it up. It'll take too much time. Um, uh, he's uh, the founder, I believe, of uh, Navcom uh, Technologies. But he's he's a physicist, and he talks about the. He's not a conspiracy theorist. He's like he's like you can call it a conspiracy if you want. To. He's like whatever. There seems to be a big pushback of anybody trying to get anything published that disagrees with either of uh, Einstein's two theories of relativity. And the reason is, is because everybody's built their careers on this. So if they have built a career on it and it's proven to be false, then all of a sudden their credibility is like Those zero. theories are fuckery. To me, that's black magic. Okay, Rel relativity. Yeah. Oh, okay. we can we can unpack that a little bit. I well, know, I'm not big on physics, but I know a little bit about why relativity was special and why we all know Einstein today. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we can. You know, you know, round two. You know, no, you it's know, a lot to unpack. Yeah. So, and the reason that I say that is, you know, okay, I don't have a, a deep. <laughs> deep understanding of math and physics. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not studied in those regards. More um, human theory and management, things like that, as opposed to to that. You know, those other sciences, the you know the STEM. So it it makes a skeptic of me in that regard when you say someone you know, we should we should go back and look at. You know, was okay. Was okay. Was Einstein right? I know he was proven right later. Okay, that's fine. Okay, if he was proven right, 
then then that's good. Is he still right? Does the math still hold up? That's the that's the problem. And as it's, I understand it, you and I had a conversation where they're saying that his math doesn't hold up. There's um, certain things on YouTube you can get a quick uh, sort of answer as far as like uh, like e equals mc square, yeah. the, and people will debunk that pretty quickly, but they'll still give credibility to it. Um, however, the bigger thing with um, relativity is that it ties into uh, Copernican doctrine as a way to continue to uh, prove that the sun is the center of our solar system and it's not the uh, old Ptolemaic or Tycho Brahe model where the earth actually occupies the center. So it goes to an argument of heliocentrism versus geocentrism. So relativity, uh, Einstein's theory was used as a way to explain the answers to the Michelson-Morley experiment, which mm -hmm. was a failed experiment to show um, the Earth uh, moving through the ether. They couldn't prove the movement, so they were kind mm -hmm. of disappointed. So Einstein postulated that if you use the Lorentz transform, you say that light in this instant is a constant speed, that mass, time, duration, uh, length, will, they'll all contract to fit the mathematics so light is the constant speed, then you can say that ether does not exist and that that's why you have a velocity of, of zero. And so that's why Einstein was heralded as being like, oh, he's, he's, he's brilliant. It's because they took an experiment that they thought would work and would settle the argument once and for all right. about the, um, Mach said that you can't prove rotation, it's relative. That you can prove that there is a rotation, but you can't prove if it's the Earth or the cosmos that are rotating. We can, yeah. and even the oblation of the Earth, as far as the bottom half of the Earth being wider, um, even on like the flat Earth model, it's the same way. Like out to that rim, it's a larger radius. That that's because of the rotation. That as far as like uh, hmm. uh, Newton talked about it with his bucket experiment. Right, where it just kind of pulls it because it's rotating so fast. Yeah, yeah. So you have that concavity of of the water, and whenever you have uh, it z uh, zero, the water is the water is still. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it's it is a lot to unpack with it. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't find like quick answers to it. But I, I don't think those if you're into uh, if you're a math nerd, I think math is interesting. But like I don't I don't. I'm not smart enough to nerd out on it too much, um, but it's it's pretty cool. But as far as like tying it back into like the old world and like make using science science and the scientific method to say like okay let's let's take the what the Vatican told us about life and the world in the Renaissance and let's let's put our biases aside from that. Let's accept that Jesus, if he were a person from Palestine, he probably wasn't white-skinned, blue-eyed, and with and golden hair. You know what I mean? Even though that's how Rome depicted him. So if you can kind of get past that, then you can be like, all right, let's you get you got me. Let's unpack the rest of it. I, I think you'll see a lot more of what ties in with what Graham Hancock talked about about these notions of the old world and how they viewed the cosmos like the Egyptians, the uh, ancient Americans and the Amazon, the uh, American uh, Indians and the Norse and the Africans that already lived here in America before the British got here. Like their religion was the science as well. Like theology, yeah. religion, they were, they were tied in with science. They just didn't know what science was. Yeah. So I think the scientific method 
and the Copernican Revolution, all that was totally necessary in order for us to progress to where we are now. But like you said, is the math still correct? We, we thought it was 100 years ago. Is it still correct? Because, I mean, the world's changing all the time. Who's to say the Earth itself is not breathing in and out and changing its shape? Well, you know, you know it, it I mean, seemed to me that there was a lot of... Um, I don't know. There, it seemed to me that there was some faith involved. I think with anything, until you can prove it, use the scientific method to prove that it actually happened, I, I think it's still like a faith my, my based math, argument. My math is like this right here. There are two apples on the table, and I take one apple away. Mm -hmm. There's there's one apple left. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I put the apple back, and I have two, two apples. In in relativity, there are no apples. Okay. There's 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 some there's some shit on the board that I don't understand, and when it works out, oh, it's proven. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, I need to see two fucking apples. Yeah. Okay. Put okay. Show me how we get the two apples on the table, and and now I can believe you in all of this other shit. And that's where I say that there's there's a whole lot of faith in the numbers. I don't have the the math background. Pre-algebra was it? Well, you know, I took algebra in college. But right. Enough to Mo enough most to most of my mathematics knowledge is around arithmetic operations. So, like if you if you put a bunch of uh, arithmetic problems in front of me, I can go through them pretty quickly and pretty accurately. Like I, mm -hmm. I do well with that type of math. Mm -hmm. Once you start getting into like theory, like I had a math teacher once that had his own theorem he was working on, where he proved that numbers are a construct because zero ends up e uh, equaling one at the end. So it dismantles machine language, binary code, and the entire uh, yeah. idea of arithmetic. And he, he, like, it was pretty cool. You know so what I mean? you're telling me there were never any apples. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, what I'm afraid of. Like, like, so it was like one of those, um, it was like an existential crisis in a philosophy, you know, like, do I even exist? Except now it's in the realm of mathematics. So, like, like that's really, like, and he came up with it himself, and he was trying to find a way to present it to, I guess, the, the mathletics competition or whatnot. Right. Um, but, yeah. So, we, we talked about Apalachicola National Forest being a large area but burning, and in my belief that it would be hard... In, in the state of Florida to to persist a ape creature. Right. Unseen. I'm not saying one couldn't be there. I'm saying that it's unseen. So there well it it's seen but not by the greater public to to derive authenticity. Okay? True. Um, I think it would have to be like a like an alligator. I think it would have to live most of its life in the water, if it, if it did exist. Yeah, you can get a big damn. You know, I can tell you, man. I saw a thirty-two foot gator. Well, how do you how do you believe that? Yeah, you don't want to because you know. But there's a twenty-six foot gator. Isn't there a twenty-eight foot gator? I'm not sure. I've been Okie Finoki. There's a big damn oh, gator yeah. on display there. I think it was Old Roy. Old Roy, twenty-six or twenty-eight foot. We should we should do a day trip on that though. We should go. It's been a long. I was a little boy when I went, but um, the then in Georgia, Alapaha region. I don't think North Georgia. I well, think North Georgia is hunted. The largest alligator is fifteen feet and nine inches long, and he weighed fifteen. Fifteen feet. Okay. And he weighed one thousand pounds. 
Then I might be thinking about a 20-foot croc. Yeah, saltwater mm-hmm. okay. crocodiles. Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking about. So, yeah, so... Still, and, though. Um, 15 fucking foot. I, I, now, now, that is... How, it's measured. Is there a 17-foot that hasn't been measured? Oh, certainly. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't get to... See, like, but see, here's the thing. big I, unless you're smarter. You're not, dis- you're not saying, ah, I don't think there's a 17-foot. I think 15 is the max. They they measured a fifteen foot. It's not likely that we got one to sixteen. You're, we're not thinking that. We're thinking there's probably a seventeen footer out there, mm-hmm. or could be. Maybe he's fifteen nine today, and is, if nothing happens to him, eventually there's going to be a seventeen foot gator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they don't have the. Uh, my friend Samson's telling me they like the growth inhibition code, like reptiles. So they'll just keep growing and growing and growing. I don't know if it's with all reptiles, but I would I would imagine. But, well, uh, you know the if you put. If, if there are certain fish, if you continue putting it in a bigger tank, it'll continue to grow. Yeah. But as long as it stays in the smaller tank, it doesn't get larger. It fits its environment. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like a big swampy area. Yeah. Get rid of man. And I imagine we would have, you know, you know, kids right more, now. More squatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lloyd Pye talks about that. That if. Um, if you look at like a, a map of the world where where we live, that that's not where you would have Sasquatches at. That like they're if they're were pack hunters, they they would not be. They they would be lone hunters, right? So they would occupy like the remote mountains, the remote deserts, and the remote uh, swamps. Is, and we would take the river valleys and the. Uh, that is a comment that I listened to a hunter make. That we're where it's easiest for us to survive. Yeah. And then we grew our society from that. Now now it's a lot easier for us to survive almost anywhere. It may be a little less comfortable, but we could, you know, build a house and some comfort. Okay, so that that's kind of thrown out the window. But put us in 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 in, in our natural environment or put us in a survival situation, okay, shit hit the fan scenario, we're going to be where we're at right now in those river valleys places where the it's a temperate climate mm-hmm. you know not too you know we can handle a little hotter we can handle a little cooler but you know we have a, a happy range okay we're not all going to move to the arctic <laughs> because true. you know or, or you know or we're not you know which you know i think we could all survive in miami as a as a species i think you know i don't think miami would be too hot for us uh I'm, i doubt we would move to arizona for any reason, shit hit the fan or not, uh, because it is damn hot there. Uh, why those people continue to live there, I don't know. There's probably something there that I'm not aware of. Wonder, wonder if like land is like a lot cheaper there, because I mean like land out west, is so like available. Yeah. yeah, there are places where they will give you land. Yeah. Still, yeah, to if this you, day, if you, uh, yeah, you, know, you can grow, you can grow stuff for the government, and uh, they'll be like, you can have this. Well, like, no, some of these acres. places you have eighteen months. You have eighteen months to put a house, you know, two car garage, whatever the fuck it is, and if you if you do that, the land is yours free. And I'm not sure how my, I don't, you know. Is, where is yeah, this that's, that's where. Place? Yeah, where's that place? There, and I need to move there. Yeah, there's like a place in Missouri. You know, place oh, there's there's Missouri. towns, there are towns across the U.S. There's, not there's parts of Missouri that aren't um, just flat plains. Like you've got some like hilly parts. Oh, of, there's beautiful uh, Missouri. You know, Missouri's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. There's swamp area. You know, or, or you know, 
the Mississippi River and the Missouri River, I believe, are in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not until you get like further north or further west, west and then yeah. it gets like flat. Yeah, when you get closer to Kansas, it kind of flattens out mm-hmm. and becomes, you know, becomes kind of. Um, I don't want to call it barren. But fuck, you run out of trees. Yeah, you, know, you, <laughs> you, you know, you you turn, you know, if you're driving north and you turn left at the Mississippi River, and you drive about a, a day, you run out of trees. Yeah. If you're and about another if you're, day, you run into the mountains. Yeah, you know, you if you're if you're far enough north, you run into you run out of you run out of trees. If you're further south, it takes a little longer. Once you get past um, mid Texas, mm-hmm. you know. Texas is pretty wild uh, once you go through, um, get to the uh, western part of it because all the hills start turning orange, and you know it's like yeah. true desert. And first first time uh, we were traveling through Texas going westbound, we got to experience like the sunset and like all like like all that orange and like just like uh, I don't know the, the color palette through? of the sky makes it so much differently. Have you been through the Painted Desert, which is in Arizona? Um, I've I think the only thing I've been through Arizona was the Hoover Dam, like oh, cool. other than like an airport. Yeah, or something. and and when I was in Arizona, you know, it was it was post nine eleven, it was two thousand two. I couldn't, you know, couldn't go on the dam. Um, that's you know, I was I was driving a big truck back then. Mm. So um, yeah, I've been all over the U.S. So bring us back to Bigfoot again, <laughs> uh, just because it seemed like that was something we wanted to, you know, we, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. I always think about Bigfoot um, and unexplained disappearances in um, forest areas. Like national parks, like the Dave Politis type stuff? Yeah. No, not because I think of that as the reason. Right. Um, okay. Um, but these people, these people are gone for unexplained reasons. And as much as you can say what, what, as much as people can say what they think happened, I think there are instances where the normal reason for the disappearance doesn't fit mm. um, like abduction animal, animal predation um, nefarious activities I mean an abduction right uh, I fell in a hole okay uh, you know, I wanted to disappear yeah so or I wanted to disappear and I always go back and I don't want to say my favorite because that's just, you know, this young girl went missing. Stacy Aris, 1981, Yellowstone or Yosemite. Yellowstone or Yosemite, I don't remember. I think it was Yosemite. Uh, hey, I'm going to go photograph this lake. She's never seen again. They find the camera cap. They never find any any instance of, of her. Um, typically, when you disappear in the woods you're found yeah there's footprints there's signs of animal predation um you know you're 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 found your body's found remains are found drag marks are found you know something right something 
you know, in a lot of these cases, and and she's one of the ones that just has absolutely nothing. You know, dogs didn't track her. You know, just just poof. Yep. And those those all of those poof instances intrigued the shit out of me. There was some map I came across. It may have been uh, the Edge of Wonder uh, team. They they have Dave Politis on before, um, but they were. Um, you talking about the cluster map? It was showing like of national parks, mm-hmm. right, and where the abductions were or disappearances. And, yeah, Dis- yeah, 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 ma'am. Yeah, uh, disappearances, not abduction. Um, and there's um, there's other stuff I've seen where I guess it's like the idea of like a wormhole, for lack for lack of a better term, where there's places in. I I guess. Uh, what would you call them? Uh, Neo world, uh, uh, bohemian types uh, would call it uh, the ley lines. Uh, So the ley lines, it's this pattern that um, like Washington DC is on uh, one of them. The pyramids are on one of them. Uh, The uh, stone mountain is on one of them. Like it's, they they all line up. If Mm -hmm. you look at it on a, a globular model, then you you see like it almost looks like a bunch of sine waves and lines come across that are like connecting everything. Right. If you look on it on a uh, on a top down uh, flat Earth model, then it's like this lotus flower that lines up over everything. Okay. So like like just for like like conversion's sake, what what it's showing though is that um, some points that are in these national parks that they run on these ley lines. And if it's a like a wormhole or something, and like a ley line is like a, supposedly like a way that like energy is transported, right? That that's why the pyramids are focused that way. That's why DC is laid out in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. That it's uh, plausible then that it would full space time for you to go geographically from a hub of ley lines converging to another hub of ley lines converging. I think there was a couple of instances of disappearances in state parks where people wound up in like other state parks or like places that were far removed from the state park itself. You bring me to two things. One, uh, um, an individual was hiking in an area and he said it seemed like he had already been there. You know, you get to hiking, and sometimes you just kind of you get to thinking, you get on your head. If you've never hiked ten miles, you you may not be you know. But if you you can get to hiking, and I'll I've hiked ten miles, and at some point you just forget you're hiking. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've been here before. And that as he continued forward, the path got harder. And it was like an impending moment of dread. It's like something is going on. I don't want to take this step. And he said that he looked behind him and there was no evidence that he had walked through there. And he said that he immediately just backed up from where he was at and that feeling went away. He said he felt like he was walking into something. Now this is just some fucking dude and I don't remember where I read this at and it's it's out there if somebody wants to search it up. But this isn't some crazy hack. He wasn't wearing a John Deere hat. This is just some guy who told this story right. about this trail that he was on, and that was his um, and that was his story. 
Um, I, I have no reason to say he didn't encounter that. Yeah. What was it? I have no idea. I, I think his mind fucking with him, or did he cross in this ley line and he was about to go into another dimension? Now, other individuals have said they were hiking through an area and they came upon an area they know they had already hiked through. It was like they had walked through time and it was now hours later. They had lost time. Mm -hmm. But if they had hiked that area, the time frame, they would have been much further. They would have been further down the trail. He knew he was now hiking through an area he had already been through. Yeah. So it's like he hiked through and then came back out to the point that he entered and was already where he had already been. Yeah. Um, another gentleman was in, I'm going to do it badly, he was in Vermont or he was he was from Canada. They were in New York. They were, or, or maybe, you know, they were, maybe they were in Vermont, but they were skiing and he came to in California dressed differently having purchased a different outfit and he was a firefighter in Canada I believe and he went to the police and they took him to the hospital he said look I don't have any idea how I just got here I'm not crazy I'm not on drugs but he went from being where he was at reaching out to their fam to his family and the story is that you just disappeared we don't have any idea where you went it's a fucking amazing story. Yeah. That's out there, you know, as well. And you know, I'll try to you know, I can try to dig those back up and send them to you, but um crazy shit, man. There's I think there's things out there that, that we don't know about. I think there's things out there that are unexplained. Mm -hmm. Or we're capable of crazy shit in our own head. I th How I mean, you? I think both of those are true, but like if you um do you guys watch the um I guess I sent you a link on a. It was an uh, earthquake in the Mississippi Valley. Yes. In, in oh, like yeah. the 19th century or whatnot. And um, like it's like in the middle of the country. What's up? Where's your bathroom? Oh, uh, it's right down the hall. Yeah. We, I we, yeah, I got a pee too. Uh, go ahead, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll pause you. On the right. <laughs> yeah, like this. Um, uh, that, that earthquake in the. Uh, yeah, what year it was? I was early 19th century, if I'm not mistaken. But um, where where it happened was um, over. The, it was like five large earthquakes over the span of like less than six months in the in the middle of the country. So it's like in the middle of like the tectonic plate. But there should be no. Yeah, yeah. There should there should be no earthquake like that. So you figure if it were that large of an earthquake and located at the center of the tectonic plate that we're on. What would would the damage would have been like further out? I guess is the best way I can like describe yeah. it. Yeah, it would have had to really like crunch in like everywhere. Yeah, like, but how could it happen in the middle unless you had like them like converging from the outside? No, like I, rippling in. I don't know. I was thinking that it was found that there is a a fault there. Is, fault it, line? is there a fault line like it, on the Mississippi itself? Yeah, I was thinking that that was what was discovered since then. Is that there's um something that would make sense then? 
there was a, another earthquake that was in D.C. Like, uh, was it 10 years ago, I guess? So I guess like 2010, there was like an earthquake that happened. I was in Jersey at the time. Like, we felt it. It's weird. Like, it's a weird feeling. It feels like the, the earth is just sort of like liquid and whatnot. But, um, that has to be, you know, I've never been in an earthquake. That's got to that's gotta seem really weird. That would make sense that it would feel like liquid. You ever seen those like YouTube videos where they like make liquid sand? And you can oh yeah, balls? soil liquefaction. Yeah. 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 So so it'd be like the pressure is so intense it's just the molecules just liquidy. Mm-hmm. What what um, it ties in with this uh, earthquake and potentially uh, tying in with the the mud flood theory that there was and sort of loosely ties in with. Yeah, some Graham Hancock stuff as well, but that there was a a cataclysm that happened sometime before the 20th century and likely before the Civil War where you had massive soil liquefaction happen, like across the Americas, and it rise up. I would imagine also if uh, uh, Bigfoot were real, and that happened as well, that it would force them even further away from uh, any sort of humans to so, even more uh, remote locations. Have you ever watched or read anything about Mount St. Helens eruption? And um, what was it, in 84? Sometime, sometime in the 80s. I mean, yeah. I've, I've seen was it a couple of, uh, what do you call it, documentaries and uh, definitely some photographs that are just like okay. powerful. Yeah, 1980. 80? Yeah, I remember it happening. Um, I hadn't fallen out of a pussy yet. I was, I was still in my dad's balls. Yeah. Um, I remember it, and um, you know, I remember you know waiting in line for gas. Oh, the uh, gas crisis. Mm-hmm. I know it was still going on in the eighties. I thought it was just the uh, well, late no, 70s. younger than that. Yeah, seventy nine. We were still in Brunswick at the time. Um, so Mount Saint Helens does what it does, and they're doing the cleanup, and some guys that were in the Air Force, they were just just dudes, you know, they weren't, you know, pilots or anything, but they got put in the back of a truck and they went to this place and they got a Bigfoot put in the back of the truck with them and they drove to this spot where there was a cave and the Bigfoot went in the cave and then they went in and brought out other big feats on stretchers. This is the story that these guys... Have you heard this? No, I haven't. This is the story that these guys tell independently of one another. And, you know, this one Bigfoot could communicate with them and they knew the human. He knew the the people. And he was going in and they were getting these Bigfoot feats out and relocating them. What if it's like... I, I know this... Weird, but like I remember seeing, seeing like a Mr. Pickles episode. They they dis, like disguised a as like secret like um, to keep the uh, protective witness program in order to protect their identity. They disguised them as Bigfoots uh, or Big Feet. I, I don't know. Sasquatches. So, yeah, Sasquatch. They just like this like give them hair transplants and like make them a little taller just to and, like disguise them in. So the I, fuck like, is a Mr. Pickle? Talking about the the dog, the Adult Swim yeah. show. It's a it's a really really violent and crude cartoon that has a, a dog that is more or less possessed by evil itself, 
and is uh okay yeah, yeah is uh the the grandfather of the the little boy whose dog it is he knows and he's he's like I'm telling you Mr. Pickles is evil yeah and uh, you know he'll see Mr. Pickles like murdering people and no, everybody says oh Grandpa you're so silly but my point was that like the FBI like dressed up a dude in the show like for protective witnesses as a Sasquatch. So, like, that whole idea of them taking them out of the stretchers make it seem as if they are people, like, they're trying to mend them. or Yeah. They just took them and relocated them. They didn't do anything really with them, from, from what I understand. And this, this is one of those things where, you know, we need to put it up on the board so I don't sound like a, like a you know, <laughs> making it up as I go along. But, you know, really interesting two guys in the Air Force sworn to secrecy special camps to put them in the the big feet yeah and and things like that um and a lot of people in the area knew about it you know because it was you know you're you're taking a, a chinook helicopter and lifting a fucking eight foot tall hairy ape off the mountain in a in a medevac medevac rescue tile um situation you know it was not Wonder how many if it were true, I wonder how many people died because they had to prioritize the Sasquatch <laughs> to get out of there. So um that's interesting because I I watched a documentary, um I don't know, a couple months back about Is this, what, 30 years now? 80 to 20? 40 years? 40. You know, 40 years on. And um, I, I watched the, the you know, they're, they're back showing the end of the eruption. And there are news choppers flying around. And they're, you know, they're kind of staying over here because the eruption ash is going yeah. this way. They're staying, because if they got into it, they would crash because there'd be no oxygen for the for the pilot for the plane uh, for the for the helicopter for the engine so um, I thought you know there would have to be footage or suppressed footage of such a thing because they were documenting this volcano like crazy right for weeks there's no way you're gonna fly sasquatches army you know, Air Force style, you know, two plane, two blade, you know, you know, a Chinook has got two blades. You know, this bitch I, looks I think, like, I think they could get away with it. I mean, Tower 7 fell on September 11th and most people don't even know about it. You know what I mean? So, like... Is that our lack of involvement in current events? No, I think that's lack it, of media reporting on it. So, what, what I'm saying is that I think that... The idea of like, if it were true, them suppressing that story and photo of it, they could totally do it. Yeah, they could totally do it. So, well, shit, fellas, we got about two and a, or excuse me, three and a half hours of uh, Sasquatch and other uh, fun stuff. So, thank you guys for uh, coming on, man. I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, yeah it was a thank of time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hoot. We'll do it again. So. I appreciate it. Thank Andy, you. Andy, Jeremy. Part two of the election boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Later, y'all.